Welcome to another Those Conspiracy Guys. This time, we're talking about, uh, well, I don't want to spoil it straight out the gate, but we're talking about James Joseph D'Angelo, a.k.a. the East Area Rapist, a.k.a. the original Night Stalker, a.k.a. the Diamond Knot Killer, a.k.a. And this is the last K.A. Uh, the Golden State Killer. This guy attacked, robbed, raped murdered, shot, bludgeoned, and generally ransacked um, Sacramento, California, and other small surrounding areas in the uh, mid to late 70s and early 80s without rest. This guy was a fucking fiend and uh, terrorized a whole section uh, of the population. Um, very, very famous case, and more famous because he had he has just been apprehended after 40 odd years of anonymity and this episode is about the, the golden state killer and joining me in the hot seat uh we have from disaster artist podcast uh filmmaker uh, podcaster uh general all-around knowledgeable man uh <laughs> mr johnny daly most of that's untrue almost, <laughs> almost all of it is true. thank you all the same yeah yeah i mean you know you, i could say loads of other stuff but then yeah. we're spreading it a bit thin and descriptions yeah. are Using up all my good adjectives. So, Johnny, you're from Disaster Artist Podcast. Tell us about Disaster Artist a bit before we start. Before uh, we get in. It's a podcast where we typically take a book or a movie, sometimes a comic book, that's set in a, a post-apocalyptic or a disaster scenario, and we mm. try and uh, figure out how one might survive that if it was to be real. Hypothetical apocalypse scenario debate. Yeah. I've been on a couple of episodes. You have. Most recently, um, I think, Infinity War. Infinity War was a good one. Uh, Running Man. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Book of Eli. One of your favorites. One of my favorites. And uh, we won't spoil it. But uh, <laughs> So, and uh, uh, Disaster Artists, available at disasterartistspodcast.com. You can go on there. There's loads and loads of different ones. Like, if you don't want on Fahrenheit 451. Yeah, yeah, that was I've one I've watched of our... a new movie only recently. Oh, yeah. Not bad. Not a bad movie. I'm a big fan of the book, so it See, was a hard... Book, obviously, the book is, yeah. is much better. It's just, they left out so much from the book, which yeah. was funny considering what the book is about. Yeah. <laughs> like, they left out, like, two of the main characters. Of course, but, I mean, it's very hard to make a, a, a movie for less than $50 million on the HBO budget. It was made specifically for HBO. Yeah, so yeah. Like, just get the main idea across. We're dumbing ourselves yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would like to I think it was more to a stuff that they thought was problematic. Well, but, oh, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. we're dumbing it down. Um, I, I would like to come on and, and talk about maybe um, 1984 coming up now with all the current climate. We have done 1984, but oh. you both, that is a story that you can never do enough episodes yeah, about. Yeah, like, we could do Animal Farm. They're thinking about yeah. adapting Animal Farm. We have An Andy Serkis, who played Gollum in Lord of the Rings. He's going to be producing and directing uh, and presumably acting like maybe all the parts <laughs> as well in it because he loves that little motion capture. But yeah, Animal, Animal Farm, we might have a Yeah, good that'd go be of. a really good one. To do. I have a million books to read for a missing 411 uh, episode coming up in a couple of months, but I'm sure I could squeeze in a, a bowled afternoon full of Animal Farm. Yeah, I mean, that's like 40 pages. So. Yeah, <laughs> do it. No hassle. Like a pamphlet. Uh, so the Golden State Killer. We won't refer to him by his, his name because, I mean, it's not, he hasn't been convicted yet. It's not fully 
yeah, fully, fully you know, boxed off. Uh, m- most famously, I suppose, uh, in the current kind of zeitgeist of this story, it, it came to light. It reappeared uh, in 2016 with the publication. Well, 2017 was the publication of the book, but the uh, uh, potential publication of a book, um, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, the... By one, Michelle McNamara. Michelle McNamara, who's the, the wife of uh, Patton Oswalt, the former wife of Patton Oswalt. She died in April 2016. And, you know, not, not suspicious circumstances, but definitely before her time. And uh, one of her wishes was that the book would be finished and Patton ended up coming together and making, mm. ma- completing that book, you know. Yeah, and yeah. the evidence is put forward in that book ended up going ahead to, to, to partially help convict this dude yeah, you know? yeah and certainly keeping the like a lot of people wouldn't have actually been aware yeah of the case and most of that was because he had so many names like <laughs> yeah. people didn't realize he it spread was the his same shit guy. around all right so she kind of reinvigorated the case i would imagine and yeah a lot of people there was a lot more like um law enforcement interest in the case and and some dna shit started to shake around we go into this in loads of detail but when did you first hear about the golden state killer the publication of that book i think right so about yeah. two years ago i think i saw I, I saw a friend of mine on instagram posted a picture of the book i think and i was like i wonder what that's about and yeah. she really likes true crime so i googled it and that was my Sounds first introduction yeah well i've been i've been studying it there for the last couple of days and today claire and i went down a, a youtube rabbit hole of, of watching you know documentaries getting ready just to try and get the story right in my head yeah yeah and claire has become obsessed She's once like, you start reading like, up on it oh my god yeah do you know each each murder is its own it's not like a serial killer has a peccadillo for an owl an owl strangling a rape this lad is like every murder scene is like a canvas for him to paint his murder all over yeah yeah. and everyone is different it's such a yeah, fucked up set of crimes and there's something about him in particular he's like a horror movie villain like he's yeah. like Michael Myers, the way he stalks people, and yeah. there's so many. We, we'll get into it as we talk about him, but like people report just seeing him standing, looking through a window, and all this in a ski mask. You just think of those yeah. scenes from from the original Halloween movie, That's where he's it. just lurking in the shadows constantly. You would wonder, like, why there hasn't been a movie made of this already, with all the, I guess the pretty salacious and and disgusting and descriptive. Um, raw materials they have there from police reports that have been around since the mid 80s yeah, like, this yeah. is not a new case and the fact that it's been reinvigorated now has had people go back and look through the stuff and go oh of course that was the guy yeah yeah um it seems to be reasonless it seems to be have no rhyme or reason to his crime yeah we're trying to find out about his young life as we do with a lot of these serial killer uh, true crime episodes and this is going to be a short enough one. It's like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours or whatever. But usually we'd go into the childhood and it's like... Yeah, you can't yes, do that his, yet. His mother put him in the rain standing with his trousers down and whipped his penis with a bamboo <laughs> rod. Like, you can't really do that with this guy. He was just like, yeah, I just liked, you know, breaking into people's houses and raping them because I wanted to be yeah. powerful. Well, you can't yet because we yes. don't know. But like, what's going to come out over the next year? Yeah. Apparently he is talking, but he... He hasn't stood trial yet, so none of that's going to be released for a while. Yeah, let's see. I mean, there's people looking into stuff like he has a couple of kids and uh, we, we we were watching a documentary and it said that his, his third child was born in 1986. And that's when 
the uh, the original Night Stalker ceased committing yeah. crimes. So maybe his third child kind of softened him up, or he's like, "Oh fuck, I have three kids now, and I won't be able to go out like stalking at nighttime. I have to be up at two and four and six for the feed." Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's just ah, yeah. oh, I'm gonna have to, something's got to give. Do you know? I could either keep up my hobby or. <laughs> you know do my full-time job and my illustrates family illustrates how hard raising kids is i, I thought you were going to say how hard it is to to commit like a, a sequential series of of uh rape and murders <laughs> i guess it is but it's, i didn't want to offer ha- any credit yeah. to him for six that. and one and a half a dozen of the other i guess but it's um, but the fact that even a serial killer needed to stop once he had kids yeah, yeah. shows that's a, like a real a, a real mental health message that's <laughs> like you know whether you're a postman or the golden state killer you need some time off <laughs> uh, go on a cruise uh, i don't know man well if anything we get wrong I, i'm sure there are super fanboys and girls of of this particular case and especially with michelle mcnamara's book um a lot of true true crime podcasts have gone into it there's one on case file that is fucking chock-a-block five-part yeah. episode like deep dives uh does everything about the case like it's a, a serious production um particularly about this case and that was all there was from case file i think for like two months that was all they did was just that <laughs> yeah. one this one episode so uh, if you want to go deep diving after we kind of you know primed you on the information you know feel free to do that if we do get something wrong and there are uh, <clears throat> many possibilities you can get us on uh, info at thoseconspiracyguys.com is the email address. You can hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, all the different social medias, Pinterest, all this stuff. I found out this week that StumbleUpon has bit the dust. Oh, Stumble I, upon I that, wasn't 100% sure it was still around. Yeah, that old website where you click a button and it brings you up a random web page from the internet based on a set of uh, interests you had picked and i was like fuck man i used to love yeah, that that was good i go on it every few months and you'd waste like an hour just clicking through mm-hmm. things and find something amazing and then stick it into a podcast but it just got um bought over by an app called mix so if you want to get this on mix i have an account over there now i'm i'm very i'm very it, good with the early adoption of these new apps and what is mix is it the same same thing right. it's just a different company you know some people okay. don't like it um so yeah anything that has a social media presence those conspiracy guys are yeah, you have an old one and a MySpace and a Bebo. Because <laughs> I did see GeoCities is back. GeoCities never went away, man. Did it not? GeoCities is always there. In my mind. <laughs> uh, we also have a website, thoseconspiracyguys.com, that has all of the episodes and it has a few of the documentaries and supporting articles. I'm in the middle of jizzing up the website at the moment um, before we head off to America so that I'll be able to have the vlogs there for you to watch and it's somewhere to go just in case we get Alex Jones and get kicked off of YouTube uh or anything like that and we do have a youtube account we're streaming this live on youtube for the lovely people at patreon uh but if you want to support the show and you want to throw us a couple of dollars patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys it's a crowdfunded resource helps this uh thing keep going keeps the lights on and facilitates me making more of these shows there's loads of stuff to to get from patreon like uh live streaming shows when we're on the road in america if i'm doing any interviews or anything like that it'll be live streaming all of that stuff to patreon you'll be able to get access to the vlogs from the tcg tv project any videos that I make or any documentaries they're putting up, Patreon gets uh, basically gets preference. So um, anything that we make, outtakes from the show, you know, early access stuff, it's all there for Patreon folk. And if you want to support the TCG TV project, which is me and Claire going across America, making feature length documentaries around the US, all 48 states. And you can find out more information at gofundme.com slash TCG TV. If you would be so good as to buy me a pint 
buy me a beer, take $5, roll it up into a ball, and flick it up into the internet. It means that I'll be able to make awesome feature-length documentaries and hopefully get them put onto Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or whoever will have them. I guess at that point, the 1984 memory hole will be in full effect. So we'll just have to send them to you through, I don't know, fucking some kind of blockchain code, some weird... Dropping VHSs with drones. Yeah, throwing throwing DVDs off of uh, those things that you... Pull! And you're (laughs) skeet shooting DVDs over, over to America. But yeah, GoFundMe.com slash TCGTV. That's the future of this, uh, of this podcast. The podcast will run the whole time that we're on the road. So get onto it. Like I'm recording a massive amount of stuff now. And for the past three weeks and for the next 12 uh, in real time. So it's, it's uh, mid-August at the moment. You're going to have stuff to listen to all the way along. It's not going to stop. There will be shows there. It's going to be an automated, automated service. Yeah. I'm conspiracy there. Tower is going to be run <laughs> yeah. by automation yeah. by then. It's, it's happening. Um. I, yeah, I'm going to have an AI just produce this stuff. Like, just enter dick joke here. Um, <laughs> but but to have all that stuff going was, was a priority for me. So you guys will always have uh, shows even when we're on the road. And then, obviously, the amount of shit that I'm going to be creating on the road, meeting YouTubers, meeting podcasters, like, all around America. And then having them weigh in, doing little true crime episodes or having interviews and having a crack, live streaming loads of stuff. Like, that's all happening. That's all for you. If you uh, subscribe to the GoFundMe or if you get onto Patreon.com as well. We do have a YouTube channel. I'm streaming live on it now. But because YouTube are a pack of cunts, uh, we do have a backup uh, BitChute channel. BitChute.com slash guys, And BitChute has exclusively all of the documentaries and all the stuff that I mentioned on the podcast. When I'm like, go to our website and that thing is there. It's probably hosted on BitChute. So you can check that out. Uh, subscribe over there and I'll be putting up exclusive uh, docs and videos and different stuff that will get you kicked off YouTube on that. We have a minds.com blog as well uh, for some extra bits and pieces, but most of the stuff will be on thoseconspiracyguys.com. And uh, we have a tea Public store as well if you want to buy some uh, customized gear. You can get stuff that I've made myself, designed and got people online who are more talented than me than t- t- to draw them and put them on garments. And then I've curated about 350 other conspiracy-themed uh designs for all sorts of like hoodies and t-shirts and jumpers and baby grows and bibs and tote bags and all sorts of shit so if you want to get that they have duvet sets merch, now get that duvet sets yeah they you, had can a duvet get, sets. you can get those conspiracy guys duvet sets and roll up at night listening to the show wrapped up in the show full immersion tcg experience uh tpublic.com slash those conspiracy guys check it out so with all that stuff out of the way that's a lot of stuff um, but it's important information. Yeah. Important information. Um, the Golden State Killer. Yeah. The Golden started State Started off. He was an amateur. Yeah. Feeling his way around. Living in Sacramento. So this is a guy who's basically at murdering. He's not adept yet. But he has the horn for a bit of mayhem and madness. Yeah, yeah. Before he got all those names we spoke about the start <laughs> yeah. of the show, he had another... Yeah, or at least like a, they believe he did. There's like a bunch of teenage kids who are like, I got the music in me, but they just can't think of the band's name. <laughs> <laughs> so before he came before he came out of the garage, he was known as the Visalia Ransacker. Yeah. What uh, what 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 would he do? Uh well this was in the Rancho Cordova area, um, which we'll hear again later. Uh he used to uh or no, actually sorry, it wasn't in Rancho Cordova, but it wasn't far from it. Um but yeah, he just uh, used to break into homes and essentially just ransack them. Uh, 
he would have been a bit of a peeping Tom, a voyeur. Yeah. He'd been sighted around. Breaking at the house after looking in the windows for a couple of weeks and yeah. checking out, you know, Mrs. Whoever, Mrs. Campbell. And he's like, oh, I'm going to break in and just rob a pair of her knickers. Exactly. And smell them while I'm having Or he wouldn't wipe. even rob them, but he'd break in, take them and move them somewhere else. Oh. And he just started doing really weird shit. Like he would take, he would steal low value items, but ignore the bigger stuff. Like there's literally one case where there was a safe in the house and he never went near it. Mm. But he broke open a piggy bank and robbed like the child's pocket money or whatever that he'd saved up. Knowing what I know... And I'm going to kind of put it out there. Yeah. Knowing what I know, and I'm not going to spoil it for the audience, but that seems like the actions of a very clever man who knows the law. Like, if you're committing a felony by stealing something over a certain dollar value, you are incurring the wrath of, let's say if it's over, there's a certain limit that the police will have to hand it off then to the FBI. Yeah, yeah. So he doesn't want... a felony charge. felony charge. He doesn't want to get, like, the spooks down onto him. Like, he doesn't want the G-men sniffing around never mind like you know paddy plod cop who's like coming around sacramento being like so you got something stolen huh right cool man that's why all sacramento yeah, cops sound but, like that because they're all surfer beach ones. but <laughs> like he doesn't want to make too many waves but does that but once you break into somebody's home is that not a felony i don't think it's a felony right like breaking and entering even I even see, if yeah. it's through like a, an open door, if he doesn't break, he just enters as trespassing. Yeah, trespassing is not a felony, you know. Yeah, no, you could very well be right. My assumption was based on because we, we kind of see similar, uh, in a similar mo later. That I'd kind of yeah. just figure it's him practicing. It's this just like he wants to steal to, something. Yeah. He wants to get in, see if he can do something without being caught. How much he's like casing the casing the place for. Yeah, yeah. How long you can hang around the place before someone will catch it or. If you're in the house in the dark, like what would be the best? Imagine if you're breaking someone's house, like you don't know if the lights turn on, if you can be seen from the yeah, street. Yeah, yeah. Like if you turn off the lights, can you see if you have a flashlight? Because he had a flashlight. So if you're flashing the light, would it be like a Watergate thing where people will see the flashing lights and be like, why is there a flashlight over in, in Mrs. Morrison's house? She's She's gone away for a week. And then they fucking call the cops and the next thing your man's standing in the middle of the sitting room with an armful of knickers. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it, yeah. It's testing the, test the fences. I yeah. Think. And because he, he used to do that, he would come into the home. When, when, when they'd return, the owners of the house, they'd see that every door and window was open. Mm. So he'd do stuff like he, once he got in, he would leave multiple exits available to him if somebody did come home. That seemed like practice for escape. Like, yeah, this yeah. Is, this is, and he, yeah. If he didn't steal something, he'd do something like move the couch to the other side of the room just to let them know he was there and maybe I, maybe I, also to to preclude them from coming in in the dark and knowing where to run yeah like if you take to take the bulb out of the sitting room light yeah and yeah. move the sofa when your man goes to run at him the sofa's in the way and he falls over like that's some clever shit yeah yeah and it's all stuff we'd see later the same way where he'd make the sort of not booby traps but an alarm system where he'd leave cups and plates on door handles so yeah. if somebody came in like could be two two doors down if somebody came into that room he'd hear them and leave because yeah. he used to come in while people slept and just move shit around and leave again yeah that's so fucking spooky man yeah can you imagine like going to bed tonight and tomorrow morning you get up and you come down and this desk is just out in your living room like i'd be like fair play it took me like two well, hours to set this shit up <laughs> but that's the shit he was doing like that yeah. terrify me um but yeah and and altogether like he was linked to around 120 small crimes but uh things started to escalate 
uh, they got worse. But then uh, a man who's believed to be this, the ransacker broke into a home, uh, the home of Claude Schelling, or Snelling, sorry, uh, who was a professor. And Snelling awoke, Snelling awoke at 2 a.m. to the sound of a scream in his house. Oh, shit. So naturally, raced down, down the stairs, and he found a man wearing a ski mask, dragging his teenage daughter out the back door into the, like, the, you know, in American homes, they have that carport that's not quite a garage, but, mm. yeah, pulling. The place where, where Ty would be like, you gotta work, you get this Lamborghini, you gotta work, <laughs> yeah. Ty, Ty Lopez. Um, yeah. But yeah, so obviously, shit himself first, seeing this man, of but course. try to save his daughter and beeline for the, the ransacker. When you say when you say uh, ski mask, you're talking about like a balaclava to the Irishman. Yeah, a balaclava. It's not like, it's not like a... Uh, yeah, not like ski goggles. Yeah, it's and... not like a ha- yeah, <laughs> Halloween thing. Like, hey man, we're on the mountain. We're having a good time on the mountain. This is like a, a woolly hat that goes down over yeah, your face. I think he made a point and typically wear very colorful ones though. Yeah, like a gimp mask. A woolly gimp mask. <laughs> wo- that's what it is, right? Yeah. Kinda. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Snelling uh, did manage to save his daughter, but unfortunately was shot twice oh, in the shit. process. Did uh, he die? Yeah, he died later of his wounds. That's shit, yeah. man. Uh, which, yeah, very unfortunate. At least, I, I'm sure he died. Glad he was able to stop his daughter from being... Because she, she looked like she was being kidnapped. So she was yeah, possibly... Or just, or just dragged into the garage for an old rape and... Yeah, but I wonder... As soon as she screamed, uh, you know, the ransacker was probably like, fuck, okay, yeah. you're dead now. That's what I figure. And he, he was armed, like, he, sh- he sh- if this is the East Area Rapist, uh. late in his later crimes, he often showed up without a gun. Yeah, so and that's confidence. He was obviously very young when he was the, the, the East Area Rapist. They put him at around early 20s i think so he could have only been like 18 19 at this point he might have been wow. very an amateur i think at this point he might not have the confidence to, to leave a victim alive right so my guess is that that girl probably would have died had the father not heard her so. well if it turns out to be the guy that they have in custody right now he was 24 years of age oh yeah yeah that's... so i mean it seems like at, a, at 24 you're not really adept at breaking in and kidnapping people like i mean no. it's a it's a trial and error type of an effort. You see it like a you man who's, who's been there. I'm just saying, nobody's brilliant at anything straight out the gate. No, no. Especially like kidnap, murder and rape. That's a difficult trifecta yeah. of skills to be able to acquire. Yeah. You know? yeah. But uh, yeah, so the Visalia uh, Police Department obviously committed more resources to the ransacker now that they uh, saw that he had escalated his crimes and offered up a reward of 4000 which is a lot of money back then. Yeah, uh, that's that's uh, half a house. <laughs> yeah, and that's just for information, not for like going out and apprehending him yeah. yourself. Like. There's some Batman, like, are you the Golden State Killer? But it's a, it's a, it's a, a space of 120 crimes, man. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of reported, like, my China was moved. Yeah. I want to report it to the police. Yeah, when it's happening everywhere, and this was a small, like, little suburb, so yeah. it would be a bit of a deal. It, it was maybe him flexing his ability to break into the house, commit these kind of cat burglar, almost pranks, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. And then get out. He's like, I'm causing mild terror. Have you ever watched Dexter when it was on? I, I did. I didn't like it. I liked it up until the point. It, I didn't like the dude. After the fourth season. The Dexter guy, I was like... 
I don't believe it. But no, the only reason I mention it, because I, I remember there's flashbacks to when he was a teenager and his father's... Spoiler alert for people that haven't watched <laughs> Yeah, it's like 10 years yeah. old. Um, his father sees in him that he's going to grow up to be a serial killer, so he t- kind of trains him how to get away with it and to only kill bad guys. But anyway, in the flashbacks, they show him as a teenager doing this, where he's like going into homes sure, just to see if he can get out without a trace. Yeah, I, I still can't believe that he was able to go in and, and touch all that stuff and move all that stuff, never make a noise, kind of never be caught until you actually try and kidnap somebody. And no one found any fingerprints or any DNA or any of that little shit. Like, that is difficult to yeah. believe. Now, DNA Different hadn't time. probably, hadn't properly been, you know, I guess, streamlined, utilized correctly. Like, the technology wasn't yeah. what it is today. But still, they could have found fucking something. Yeah. yeah and nothing was found. And it was, but, but it seemed like the crimes were so inconsequential that the full weight of the police department probably wouldn't come down on, like, a lad going around and leaving all the doors open and all the phones off the hook. No, it was probably like... It's was, just more annoying than that. There was probably two boys that were assigned to any of these <laughs> yeah, yeah, cases. Yeah. Whenever they got a call about a plate being moved, yeah. it was like That's Deco like, and Johnny are sent down. Yeah. PJ and Pascal <laughs> coming down. I don't know, he's after... Uh, you know what he did? He left the fridge freezer door open <laughs> and all of the peas and the good meat for Sunday is after melting. Now, that's if that's not a crime, I don't know what his. I was saving them pork chops for Sunday. Like, it seems it seems to be calculatedly minor crimes. Yeah. You know, like 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 you said, a test to see if you could get away with it. Yeah. Or, or, or uh, and as we'll know later on, you, you can earmark this moment, or to find out how much the police really cared. Did they actually fucking give a shit? Yeah. It turns out to be not a lot until someone gets touched. And then it's like, right, four grand for this lad. Yeah, yeah. But up until then, 120 break-ins and no one's doing anything. Like, the terror level in that community was probably very, very high. They're all talking around after church or, you know, at uh, at some, like, neighborhood watch meeting or, the, you know. Yeah, yeah. And the, the gossip circle goes around. It's like, oh, my God, did you hear there's somebody in the neighborhood? And they're breaking in and they're moving people's shoes you know they're they're using all the good toilet paper you know they're not even washing their hands probably they're wetting their hands and drying their dirty hands on the good towels i'm not going to be able to get that muck out of my towels like it's minor bullshit yeah but also i think if if you had somebody going around your neighborhood stealing like women's underwear and stuff i think most people would be like eventually he's going to rape somebody you, that'd uh, you be would in the back so. of everybody's head. We've so, looked at we've looked at like Ted Bundy, Son of Sam, Joseph Fritzl, Charlie Manson, like all of those guys were into peeping Tom's early sexual abuse. Yeah, and then Albert, like Albert Fish, and all these other dudes as well. Like <clears throat> Joseph Fritzl was a peeping Tom who would like wank outside the windows. And then the next evolution for a peeping Tom is to jump in and try and rape someone. Yeah, yeah. Ted Bundy would do that shit like Bluto from, uh, uh, what is it, Animal House. And he's oh, like right. climbing yeah. up ladders and looking in. And then the next thing, he's fucking breaking into sorority houses yeah. and raping young ones in the bed and then baiting them to death so bad that they can't even be identified by your parents. Like, the next step is, yeah. I'm going in through the window. And so that's exactly what we see in this case. <coughs> Everything just escalates Absolutely. and escalates. If it was happening now, the police would fucking go bananas. They're like... 
to someone around here breaking into houses and then just slightly moving stuff around I don't know if the Irish police would react with the appropriate kind of fervor, but in America, they fucking definitely would. They'd be like, this is stereotypical shit. About three weeks ago, I heard a gunshot and a scream and called the police and they never showed up. So that tells you. Yeah. (laughs) Anytime I see somebody like sleeping on the street that doesn't look like they set up their own bed. Yeah. Like if I see someone in a shop front window and they have all the cardboard and the sleeping bag and they're all rolled around. Like I've seen a couple of dudes just like passed out in an alley when you're walking around like this area and it's getting to be dusk and you're like that cunt has nothing covering him he's not underneath him he didn't decide to land there he just drank that extra like couple of ounces of petrol that he wasn't supposed to drink uh and he didn't make it to his bed i'm calling the fucking ambulance because he'll he'll be brown bread in the morning and i know it's summertime you're not going to freeze to death but like people should be doing that stuff and Mm. i rang the police i'd say in the last year like seven or eight times yeah and to be like i've seen a dude doing the thing i don't know if they went to the, i didn't hang around to wait i know for a fact the one because i rang the local <clears throat> uh the station and because i'd heard like i didn't know think it was a shot at first it kind of just sounded like one yeah. but then i heard like all this screaming about like two minutes later and like a man shouting at a woman who had screamed yeah so i didn't really know what was going on but it was like outside down the road from me don't live in a rough area or anything just happen to be around there also live on a one-way street so i called the barracks which is only the other end of the street yeah and for the rest of the night i heard no squad car drive down this one the only way they could get to the address Jesus. i give gave them was the street that passes me never came down maybe they came down without the sirens but i don't think you do that if you hear if, if you get a report of a gunshot and a woman screaming maybe you have to snake up on them yeah yeah but, i don't uh, know i think i think they're like uh, the the reactions of the police for this uh, you're talking about 1975 man yeah johnny gosh was happening and people were like oh well like kids were getting lifted off the fucking street straight up like yeah headlock into the back of a car and you never see that motherfucker ever again yeah and that was regular that was a regular occurrence (laughs) like that's (laughs) the that's the bananas part about it it's so not unique yeah you know so what happened then with the ransacker? He's coming to peak ransack. Yeah, well, they set up a task force to stop him and put up the award, uh, reward, I mean, uh, and start sting operations, essentially. And one night, as the prowler made his way uh, over a fence towards the back door of a home, the police were there waiting for him. They had been in a... They set up a sting operation. Yeah, like they yeah. had like they, ha- they got a load of pogs and they just set up like a whole <laughs> tower of pogs and they're like... He's definitely going to break in and like tip them over. Yeah. This is going to happen. I, for the life of me, I could not find any information to how they knew he was going to hit this house in particular. Yeah. But they seemed to know. They were they were stationed in the garage. Um, so, yeah. They, That's uh, what I mean. They had, to, they had to entice him in with something. Like they'd made, they'd made yeah. something so like irresistibly, annoyingly... Sh- but you like know, ransackable. But when you look at his MO, <laughs> what do you what do you deduct from that? To... They'd set up they'd had they'd had like a blancmange, like uh, uh, <laughs> slowly bake it in the oven. And if you made any noise, it'd collapse or whatever. <laughs> and he'd just come in and just like, Oh my god, he's totally gonna come in and bang on the oven now and make this you know, something yeah, inconsequential yeah, yeah. but still annoying. Yeah. Or maybe because it's such a small neighborhood, maybe it was like he'd hit everywhere else. And it's like this is the only house he hasn't gotten to yet. Yeah, maybe. But um but yeah, so they fired a warning shot at him and uh, he he feigned surrender, 
got down on his knees, but as the cop that f- shot off the warning shot approached, uh, the ransacker pulled out a gun and returned fire. No way! Wow. And smashed his, the, the cop's flashlight, was hit with the bullet and smashed. How fucking close did that guy come? Like, he was holding a flashlight as he approached. And I assume the ransacker wasn't aiming for the flashlight. Maybe he was. Maybe that was the Then only... that's a great, that's pretty badass. Well, when we that... find out who he is later on, he probably was yeah. a marksman. Yeah, yeah. Young dude, ready and able. Mm-hmm. So full, it's so mysterious. Like, when you don't know the end, I watch the documentaries not knowing the end. Because most okay. of the documentaries that are online are older. They're, even if they're fucking more than three months old, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's they a don't point. know that this guy has been caught or who he is yeah. or what the context is. And as soon as you know the context of what it is, you're like, makes totally sense. Yeah, yeah. Makes total sense, man. That's fucking absolutely sharpshooter. Like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so he got away anyway after that. And uh, they made a profile for him and released it publicly. But... Uh, he never attacked after again never broke in anywhere with the same mo that alias was dead oh yeah yes yeah the the the, the ransacker was gone but, yeah but they did uh link him to a possible crime uh well actually two from uh 74 and 75 there was two high school girls in the area and uh they were they disappeared and were found weeks or months later dead separate oh. two separate incidences is that what the song is about What's up? 74, 75. No? No. Well, maybe we'll we'll deconstruct the lyrics. Yeah, let's have a look at that one. But so if true, he actually started killing far, far before uh, what uh, they taught from his his career. uh, Calling it a career. His career as (laughs) the stereo rapist. I'm sure his... his court case is going to bring up an awful lot of stuff. Like the same with like John Wayne Gacy dying in the in the in the chair, going like you'll never find them all. Ted Bundy going like there's so many more. Yeah, like, what was his like add one digit and they didn't know where to add? Like yeah. was that did that mean a hundred fifty or fifty one yeah. or whatever? Yeah. Um, like so many potentials that you know. Same with Fred West. Like he was he was <laughs> a pathological liar, and every time he was confronted with like, okay, Fred, we found five more bodies. Like he was like. Yeah, mm, yeah right then. like Carol Panzram, getting his name wrong maybe, where he was just like, I have no idea how many I killed. And they were yeah. like a hundred. He's like, could be, could be three. Have no idea. Jesus. Yeah, he that's just the thing. He completely like. lost count of. So how, how many how many years? Like they were putting this guy's crimes into four different aliases. Like how did they know what he was doing in his late teens, early 20s, if he was doing this shit at 25? Yeah. But it seems to be he was quite localized to... The Sacramento area. Yeah. He knew yeah. his way around. He was from the area. He knew the crack. Yeah. And then he graduated from the Visa- the Visalia Ransacker into what the world knows now as the EAR or the East Area Rapist. Yeah. yeah so this was on. Which is not as catchy as it should be, I think. What, the East, the East Area Rapist? Yeah. I think the, the Golden State Killer is a much better name. Yeah. M- much. It rolls off the. Yeah. <laughs> rolls off the tongue. Um. But yeah, so yeah, on uh, June 18th, 1976, the first known attack committed by the East Area Rapist occurred in Rancho Cordova. But a month prior to the attack, the uh, victim had noticed the same car making nightly cruises through her neighborhood, but thought nothing of it, because you probably wouldn't. No, like it's... You'd be like, well, that's... The is fucking that... guy lives here or whatever. 
Yeah, but even if it was a car you weren't familiar with and it was a small neighborhood, my assumption would be drugs. You know, yeah. you, you don't. Or like the, 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 the neighbor boy up the street is after getting a new girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Or something exactly. like that. He's uh, but, calling over being like, or, or the neighbor girl has got a new boyfriend. He's calling around in his, in his little car and he's like, bum, bum. Charlene, come on, we're going to be late for the dance. And it's like, you know, yeah, you yeah. get it. Typical seventies American 70s suburb. Yeah. I've watched the, the the Wonder Years. I know the I know well the crack. Uh, but then also the, the well the car she had been spotting stopped anyway. But then she started to receive hang up calls. Ah uh, yeah. Uh, she'd get a phone call. He'd be there'd be a guy on the other end sometimes breathing heavily, but he never said anything. Yeah. But she of course failed to make a connection between this two, and uh, yeah, I guess that was her mistake kind of but again not doing her own detective work (laughs) well yeah if i was getting i think the hang-up calls i would automatically ring the police yeah but again maybe not in the 70s maybe that was it was the thing they didn't know you know the potential of uh, the potential dangers in that yeah it seems like the 70s were so like woke for their time but also so far behind what we know now crime wise i mean sex crime wise and you can see how so, so many people got away with so much shite. Yeah, well, I guess just because you didn't hear about it, you know. Yeah, you didn't hear about it, so this stuff it wasn't, wasn't in on, the back of your head. Yeah. Like it wasn't on every news channel, and every TV program wasn't about this thing. You heard it once in a while. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like even with this, like you, you see when he moves later on in the story, we'll talk about when he moves. But people in like the Bay Area weren't aware of what had happened in Sacramento. Because yeah. it's like, well, that was 500 miles away. And they still have that kind of infrastructure of, of the local news. So, I mean, if you see on some reports, it's like WCBA 23 in Atlanta, you know, or like yeah, yeah. KBC Sacramento. Welcome. Hi, I'm Chip Papadopoulos. And here's the morning news. And it's all these like tiny little local dudes. And they're all like a subsidiary of Fox or subsidiary of like MSNBC Chicago. And it's like those dudes work. And the only people that see them are the people in Chicago area or whatever. And same with radio. It's all syndicated. So, I mean, back then it was totally, there was no unified media coverage. Yeah. You literally were in a bubble like for, for everything. Um, the good old days, huh? Fuck me. Yeah. Imagine. But uh, yeah, so she continued receiving the calls anyway until the night of the attack at uh, 4 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. When she awoke to an om- ominous tapping at her bedroom door. Fuck that noise. And it was kind of like a, a scratching sort of sound. So uh, she woke, spotted a figure coming in the door. And she originally thought it was her father because she was staying in her father's house for a few weeks. Uh, but then she saw the uh, ski mask. And Fuck that. And the glisten of the knife, which he had been using to scratch against the door. And that's what she'd been hearing. Um, so, yeah. And as he moved towards her, she noticed some more things. The uh, the black gloves he was wearing. His utility belt, where he kept his tools. Sure. And uh, his small penis. What? Because he was already pantsless. Wow. Yeah. That creeped the fuck out of me when I, when I read that. That is a weird... Like he was full, like top, yeah, top yeah, on, no yeah. pants, and a utility belt with like his his kit, and just his small oh penis. Out. And this is a recurring description. Like he showed up so much like this, and he'd leave like this. And this then is the, like some fucking Dateline to Catch a Predator shit. Like yeah. coming in, just taking off your pants, having your dick wet, and hanging out. Well, as we might find out later, sometimes he might have actually showed up to the house without pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, um, where yeah. did he put his pants? That is weird. Yeah. 
like they were hidden down the road or something it's yeah it's really odd just like in a crumpled heap in the hall <laughs> but um so yeah he forced her to strip and uh tied her with uh he had two lengths of equally cut rope he used to tie her wrists he brought them already right yeah yeah and we see this as a recurring theme as well yeah and and he was like a boy scout he's always prepared yeah yeah a prepper yeah like this is the thing so like the 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 breaking in and testing and moving shit around is like how long will it take before someone realizes this shit is going on what will the police do if there is somebody in the house you know if i do this the first time will they only get away with it once because then if i do it once and actually rape somebody will there be like a million police around and after that yeah yeah. so it was just like test test a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more yeah or you know what maybe he was just seeing it was more like psychological to 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 observe people and see would they notice things because we kind of learn from when he starts attacking people that he would even days prior to the attack he might come in and like unscrew a window yeah so that'd be his entry when sure, he that's, come. that's the thing that a lot of robbers do yeah but that's what i mean so if if he was thinking like well someday i'm going to want to get in early and take the bullets out of their gun yeah so it's when they go to get it they can't shoot me so him going in and moving a couch was a kind of like an experiment see well if people never notice a couch being moved yeah they might never notice the bullets being taken out of their gun yeah. or the gun being removed from the house or something to just go in and like delete some save games on your playstation and just be like if he doesn't notice this he won't know he won't notice yeah. me raping him <laughs> yeah that is weird that is that is a weird thing to test yeah i can see like testing the fences doing that kind of thing like a lot of a lot of robbers do that they, they they'd knock to the door and they're like pretend to be a salesman yeah yeah and then you're like could you get me a cup of tea yeah and then have you got a drop of milk and when the woman's out in the kitchen getting a drop of milk he comes over and undoes the window yeah, yeah. and then asks and stuff like and are you around at the weekend maybe i can come back on the weekend and we can sign the contract no i won't be here at the weekend sound see you good luck yeah. and then they're back in the thing the window's open like dushed yeah yeah it's the same same thing yeah uh, and he done another thing here. But he must be, that must be coming from a place of experience. Like he must, and we'll find out later yet yeah, why it was. Yeah. But yeah. he, he knows like techniques that you, you're not looking that shit up on the internet. Do you know, there's no internet. There's no, there's no book of how to get into houses yeah. and rape people yet. Yeah. You're learning on the job like the cops were. That's <laughs> like, it. Like, yeah. I, I think, I think it's amazing how it went so undetected for so long. Yeah. Mm. But another thing we'd see him uh, do in all of his attacks he'd done on this first one was uh, after he told her to strip and tie her wrists, he told her he was just there to to get some food and money. And he just yeah. left the room and began to ransack the house. And of course, that was bullshit. He didn't leave with anything. Uh, and when he came back, he proceeded to rape her. But maybe he wanted her to have a bit of relief so that he could re-terrorize her when he I came back I think so, yeah. You just come back in and just be like, that was a lovely sandwich. Now, she's like, but you said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, you only do that to torture somebody. Yeah. Like, am I going to kill you? No, no. Am I? No. Am I? Will I? I don't know. Bang. And like, he was gone for half an hour or something. Yeah, that's just a Just ransacking the place and then came back. Like, letting her, like, instilling some, like, safety in yeah. her. Yeah. And then coming back. That's some PTSD shit, man. Fuck. Um, and of course, then when he finally did leave, she, it felt like an eternity to him because she was just expecting him to come back any minute and that's probably why he done it because if he done it once he might do it again and so it, she'd stay there and she wouldn't get up and start screaming and, and ruin his getaway him, yeah it'd give him time to get away 
Yeah. He was a sadistic motherfucker. Super smart. And super smart. Yeah. Uh, So police assumed it was an isolated incident. uh, But we'd learn it wasn't. And there was very little found. He, He took some smokes from the bedroom, some loose change, but didn't leave a trace. No, no DNA, no fingerprints, no, no, no pubes, no, no, let's say DNA samples. I think there was pubic hair found. Yeah. Did you, did you look this up and you know something I don't? No, no. Okay, right. For <laughs> these first crimes, it's oh, very yeah. hard to find no, any yeah, concrete yeah. information. Yeah, no, for, for as far as I could tell. Up until was... like 1981, there was no real, um, yeah. Concrete evidence. There was three rape kits for the for the rapes in nineteen seventy seven, which were the yeah. I think the furthest they got is they f- they could determine blood his blood type. Blood type. That was it. Yeah. No, no sorry, it was the way you that, said though. that. I thought no, you, no, no. I thought I got something wrong. No, no. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not like a. Uh, <clears throat> I'm testing you, Johnny. No, it's not. It was a. It's a genuine question because, like, trying to find stuff about these early cases. I'm sure now that he's been caught that there will be some kind of. Yeah, I yeah. guess ex- disclosure or exposure to to these kind of details, but I couldn't see why the cops wouldn't be taking that stuff. Maybe it's not, it's not a priority in these sexual assault cases because at the time, and uh, you know some of the YouTube documentaries I was watching, at the time it was kind of like the terror that was going on in California at the time, Sacramento particularly, but in the whole of California, people were shitting. And they were going like, well, don't dress sexy when you go out. Like, dress a bit conservatively if you're going out in Sacramento. Yeah. Even don't, though everybody's been raped in their home. <laughs> yeah. Don't bring attention to yourself because he'll he'll spy you. Yeah. Oh, put, yeah. Throw the yeah. eye on you and go like, I'm going to follow you home and you're the next one. So people were like, uh, the same with the son of Sam. Like, son of Sam was, was uh, terrorizing New York. Yeah. At yeah. the same time, 76, 77, 78. And he was going for predominantly brunettes with long hair. So... What were women doing? Dyeing their hair. Dyeing their hair and cutting it up short, mm-hmm. man. Dyeing it blonde. Like, that's the crack. So people were trying to blame the victim in, in a certain yeah. way to go like, well, don't be so sexy and you won't get raped. Like, that's, I guess, logical in some respect, but, like, not really practical or realistic. <laughs> no. But you can tell, like, the cops probably weren't that, I guess, involved yeah, and just not that experienced, I'd yeah, imagine. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like, they didn't know that it was like, this is a guy that's going to do this no matter what. They were all like, women, stop being so sexy. Yeah, especially now, like, because they, they're thinking it's an isolated attack, and mm. I, I feel like they taught that for the first few. Um, but all the same, this this victim started receiving prank calls for him within days of the attack. So, yeah. Which when, is... The only thing that was, that was kind of comparable to this would be Zodiac, like, and that was very from the very early days of zodiac there was like notes going this is what i'm doing you fucking dumb cop pigs yeah and it was total disrespect for the law and it was like catch me if you can you cunts but there was nothing from this guy no there's no notes there was prank calls there was no taunting the authorities he didn't fuck with authorities at all and we'll find out why later but like it seemed to be ultimate terror and the rape was just like the cherry on top yeah, the only time he did, we'll get to it later, but he did fuck with the authorities. There was letters he sent once, but it was only after a botched job. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. like, it, so the only times he, he definitely had an emotional response to, like, a botched job. There yeah. was a few times where, like, if he, if he, if a victim got away, the next victim paid for it. Yeah. Which is... And we a, see that a few times. Yeah, yeah. So it's more anger that drove that rather than, like, wanting to taunt anybody. 
So, so what happened then with the next set of rapes? Because these were pretty brutal. Yeah, uh, this is horrible. And this was just a month later in the Del Deo neighborhood, about 10 miles away from where the first attack, attack took place. Uh, two sisters aged 15 and 16 were home alone. And in the early hours of the morning, the East Area Rapist pried open the patio door as the two slept and made, made his way down the hall to where the older sister was sleeping. And it was somewhat of a struggle, uh, yeah. but he, he again had brought the equally cut rope. And he ended up beating her severely and tied her to the bed and again assured her not to worry that he was only there to rob them. This was the first set of instructions. It's like, don't make any noise. I'm just here to rob you. Like, this, this guy... <laughs> this guy was the originator of the term let's not turn this rape into a murder yeah that's essentially basically yeah. and it starts it's even worse like let's not turn this burglary into a rape yeah, yeah. <laughs> like um yeah and he told her if he, if once she cooperated uh, cooperated with him he'd be he'd be gone in no time uh which just you know leads her into this false sense of right i'll shut my mouth and everything will be fine yeah and so he left the room and she heard his footsteps going down the hall and then stop and she could tell he was at the younger sister's door fuck she was the one he had been spying on and was there for and they're both very young girls like yeah but uh he, he was going for the youngest one and uh when he woke her up uh she noticed he he was wearing a ski mask but as well as that he was oh no sorry actually it was the older sister yeah i got this wrong but before he left she noticed he was wearing a ski mask but it wasn't a ski mask it was her beanie hat it was the little sister's beanie but, yeah. hat. so he had taken off his ski mask and he had swapped it for the little sister's beanie hat and cut holes for the eyes yeah. out of her purple sparkly hat like that's some fucking crazy trophy shit yeah. right there but and it's also to fuck with you it's just yeah, like look what, look what I done while you were asleep. Yeah. I had time to do this shit. Yeah. Um how darning a fucking woolly hat. Like being like, I want to make sure the eye holes don't have any stray stray strands. Like that's yeah. fucked up, man. You would you would wonder then for the safety, like home alone with Macaulay Culkin has a really different like, connotation <laughs> right now. Like he was so lucky that those two lads only just wanted to rob the house. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we watched that as kids going like, oh, that'd be terrible. But you just put out a load of cars and a bit of glue and a few nails and a paint can, maybe an iron and a spider and you're sorted. But like, it doesn't really stop. <laughs> like two dudes who wanted to come in and they know your family's away. Like it doesn't, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like that, that could have been a very They weren't leaving film. him alive. Like. Yeah, that could have been a very, like yeah. such a dark premise that was never fully realized, I think. Yeah, maybe they'll revisit it with a sequel now that he's old, like in the little go proper dark with maybe he will exercise his tra traumatic yeah, yeah, youth yeah. And, and do that to somebody else i don't know if this is true but i'd heard once you know uh what's that sam pickham film straw dogs have you seen straw dogs no okay do you know are you aware of a dustin hoffman movie is it about some like ha like haunted uh no. <laughs> is it like haunted canine scarecrows or something no like no that. that sounds like a good film too okay. no it's just like a home invasion movie from oh, the right, 70s right. set in england but they remade it a few years ago and apparently macaulay culkin was the original choice which sounds like they were just gonna make home alone 3 <laughs> violent home alone movie but instead got anakin skywalker what's his name uh, uh, christian christensen yeah that's that guy i saw on reddit today that he has a movie a movie title 
That is the worst. <laughs> it looks like a, a rom-com from 2003. It's called Lit Litly and it stars Emma Roberts and Hayden Christensen. And it's fucking horrific. Hold on. That looks like in, you know, in like um, Tropic Thunder, say, when they show Ben Stiller's character, what, they show his other movies. Yeah, Never it Go looks, Full Retail. Yeah, it looks like one of them. Like, it just looks so tacky and cheap. It's a, it's a, it's, it's like a, a movie from like 2001 or yeah. something, like a rom-com. Poor guy. He was actually quite, have you ever seen Shattered Glass? <laughs> no. It's very good. He, he was very good in it. It's about that reporter. That's, that's the thing about Shattered Glass, though. It, it, the pieces are so small and it gets everywhere. <laughs> This is so annoying. <laughs> Little Star Wars joke for you there. So with, with this guy, with this guy, like, I guess pushing the boundaries of his criminal capabilities. Yeah. Like he's gone in now to two young girls. Yeah, yeah. Completely destroyed their lives. Yeah. And uh, tied with them again. Yeah, they've, they've, they survived. They were he given, even, given witness testimonies in these documentaries and they're like, this was the crack. This is what happened. They were able to deal with it, I guess, in later life. Yeah. But, like, still, it's something really sinister for him to stalk the young girls and then actually go into the house and make a plan and have it succeed. Because he even told the, the younger sister during the attack, he said, I've been waiting for you since I saw you at the junior prom. <sighs> but which was bullshit. He obviously wasn't there. He just, when he was snooping around the house, he saw a photo of her. Yeah, that's obviously... But but in the moment, like, imagine what she with, was thinking. Fuck with her head, like, yeah. yeah. He probably saw, like, a, a, a photo in the hall or something of her in her prom dress and... Yeah. Just fucks with her, yeah. like, yeah. And, um, again, no, nothing found at the crime scene, but there was one weird thing where they found uh, empty cans of Coors Light. That was the thing that went along... Through all the crimes, yeah. that he was a beer drinker. He 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 presumably wanted to portray a blue collar type of yeah. working man yeah, who just yeah. snapped and he's like, "I drink Coors Light." Because I think it was I can't remember which detective. I drew, there's a few on it, but one of them is convinced that he never drank on the scene. Paul Scholl was the guy yeah. who was on the documentary saying that he's like it was a total red herring yeah 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 i've seen him a lot like he's one of the m more modern investigators right right so the beer was one of the many red herrings that he threw out he also said like where's the money or i'm only here for the money or he was asking about like art pieces he's like where's the safe where's the diamonds yeah like, yeah asking for mad shit yeah a lot of the time as well he'd pretend to be a drug addict and oh yeah ask where the drugs were and i think in this house he he'd obviously seen the father's like doctor's bag, yeah. so he had asked for where's the, the dro doctor's drugs. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But well, that the, seems that seems to push like an ulterior motive on the crime that it wasn't just like I'm breaking in here to rape you. He's like, you know, throwing it, throwing out there spurious kind of things to to fuck up the press coverage, the witness testimonies, knowing what a modus operandi is and how the police would put that into a profile. Like profiling with the FBI had just started, maybe two, three years beforehand. So yeah, yeah. obviously he was privy to that information, knowing that if he was able to, I guess, sully the profile, yeah, yeah. It'd be a lot easier to get yeah. away with stuff. It seems he was dead right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and of course they they knew it was the same guy straight away, and it wasn't going to stop. So what happened with the two girls then? When they're finished. When the attacker is finished? You yeah, mean? the attacker's gone. He's talking about the drugs. He's talking about it being at the prom. Um, 
Well, he leaves after spending much longer there than any other crime, which again, you see it just escalating. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the youngest daughter managed to escape her room, get down to the, the older one, and they just called the police and huddled together until they arrived at the house, I guess. Yeah. It sounds horrible. But it seems that there was no evidence in the house. Like, the two girls were the only witnesses. They only yeah. saw him going like, this dude is, you know, he wore my beanie. Instead, he changed his mask from a beanie. Um, you know, there was Coors Light cans. And yeah. that's it. There's no DNA. There's no fingerprints. Yeah. There's no... Yeah, the, the, there was all the trademarks of his previous crime, even the moving furniture and stuff around. And also, he'd left the beanie back where he found it before leaving, which just that extra little bit creepy. Yeah. It seems, it seems so calculated. It's not like oh, you would imagine a rape to be. It was just like, oh, look at her. Like it's, it's the stats for rape are like, it, I make, I guess, pulling this out of my arse now, like 80% of them are people that you already know. Yeah. So this guy was hitting up the local area. He was obviously going hither and thither from work, driving up the streets, seeing somebody and going, oh yeah, I'll have her. Because it was all of these like first 25 rapes out of 51 yeah. were all in the same kind of housing estate, the same suburban housing complex area. Yeah. Can you imagine how many people just got lucky and there was a day he saw them, decided to follow them, and they ended up just having a really busy day. And he was like, oh, I'd have too many people around them. I'll leave them alone. Yeah. And he just didn't go back. Like Jammy. that must have happened constantly. Yeah. Like there's so many people there that just don't realize how i don't want to say how lucky they are like how lucky yeah. you are not to get attacked by yeah. the hysteria rapist yeah. but you know what i mean but uh, there's a, at this time that there's a lot of like i guess traditional gender roles and stay-at-home moms there's a lot of women in the house for the day and possibly the evening on their own dudes working in sacramento probably had a job in the city or you know we're, we're commuting into la and may not be home seven eight nine in the evening so yeah, like if yeah. he landed in a tree in the afternoon he'd have a few hours to do his business like yeah yeah a lot of women at home on their own you know yeah and, and a lot of the time they're home with children which is well that's the thing it escalated then so like we're moving into uh we're past the the, the ransacker era we're well and truly into the east area rapist and we're looking at like 1976 and this was like a terrible summer <laughs> where where so many so many of these crimes were happening um tell us more about then uh the, the local area yeah well back in rancho cordova just 10 minutes from the first attack yeah he uh, struck again and like the two previous previous the same housing estate like as the same yeah. yeah yeah like a couple of blocks away yeah um but yeah so he struck again and like the previous attacks uh this was another single story home which was all easier access it seemed to be uh, he was able to spy through the windows easier yeah. get in and out of windows without having to climb out and jump out of a bedroom especially it's during like i can't imagine anybody sleeps in california in the summer without leaving a window open yeah if you're upstairs that's fine if you're downstairs that's easy yeah easy access. easy en entrance yeah mm. Um, so on this night, a mother and her two young daughters were inside. At 3 a.m., one of the daughters, who was around 12, woke to the same ominous tapping coming from her window. That like scratching, sort of, that scratch tap of a knife, yeah. I guess. And she woke to a silhouette of a man peering in through the glass. So she bolted out of her room, down to the mother, woke her up. And the mother saw the figure, looked out the window, saw the same figure leaving the property. Like Michael Myers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, thought great. Really safe. He he heard the commotion and he's gone. 
he's going to leave us was but this the time he got pushed into a bush and he pulled the bike out of the bush and cycled away <laughs> no that that is so creepy one. as yeah, well imagine that. that image is terrifying what the fuck when i picture michael him, myers on a bike like yeah uh no this time or, J- or jason just like bling bling yeah no know? i'd say the family wished that was this time but no uh he actually had only gone to uh pull up a garden guard garden ornament to uh give himself a boost to get into the window so the mother ran down the hall and tried to because the older sister's still in the house and she's in bed and she like beats the door and the older sister doesn't stir like she's just sleeps through the entire thing so she ran down to the living room grabbed the phone dialed the police and before the dial tone went the uh the east area rapist appeared in the living room he'd all he'd gotten through the window already how fucking fast was this guy like yeah fit athletic lepping over fences yeah. jumping on you know climbing windowsills in a single band <laughs> yeah and my reading of it like i think it was like a, a bird bath thing in the garden that he just pulled up and brought to the window yeah that is up. that is some michael myers shit. Yeah, That's like, you, I, i'm invincible i'm yeah. super strong and and in all that time I'm relentless and it, and he done that in the same length of time it took her just to clear the hallway and get to the phone like jesus done it like fuck that. me i make noise getting up out of a chair <laughs> <I> know, <yeah>. do <laughs> you know yeah. like jesus man you gotta get fit for them murders and rapes lads and this is she as he came towards them she saw what others saw the utility belt and the small penis so he's already pantsless before yeah. even coming in the window so it does sound like he showed up here with no trousers which is just and insane then, and then, can you imagine a man with no pants and his dick hanging out like with a ski mask on in your garden and then just like methodically walking over to a bird bat a big stone bird bat pulling it effortlessly out it's, of the garden it's such a terrifying and then like you turn around to pick up the phone and by the time you have it to your ear you turn around and he's right by your face you're like this guy can't be human if you saw that in a movie you'd be like ah, this it's is a, a bit yeah, far-fetched now like yeah sure. um but uh yeah so he ordered the mother to hang up the phone which she did but uh, she had her daughter with her so she wasn't going to let him get to her so she put up a fucking hell of a fight by all accounts yeah the mother the mother got thick she started yeah. pulling like ornaments from around the house smashing them over your man's head she was using all of her no not today <laughs> all of her self-defense stuff you know kick him in the balls bite him scratch his eyes all this yeah, kind yeah. of stuff and it even sounds like you know the end of the first Halloween when yeah, Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis has Starts the fight, big, yeah yeah it's like the control hanger in the eye and yeah and putting them in the wardrobe setting it on fire and running off like it seems it seems this could be make or break yeah for the East Area Rapist he's like okay this is off script I, I haven't had a woman fight back yet it wasn't as we see the crimes later on like it wasn't going to plan yeah and how he operated after this case changed everything yeah yeah so this one will fall back yeah give him give him a bunch of uh um you know cuts and bruises probably uh smashing him with like uh wooden a wooden salt shaker some some ornaments smashing over his head like trying to tip the tables pushing him back and forth yeah. and they fought for a long time yeah and like there's even in the report that like as she was running like he tried to bound them at one point yeah and she just like dragged the daughter away and he had a club and he clubbed the mother on the head as they ran. Yeah. And it just didn't make a difference to her. But like, that's she like just the mother lifting the car for the baby. Like, yeah, just yeah. pure adrenaline. At one point in that case, he had brought enough ropes to tie up two because he hadn't counted the oldest daughter. Exactly. Yeah. So he, he tied the mother, tied the youngest daughter, 
and the older daughter got away, started to get away. Yeah. Then he went to chase her, and the mother wriggled free, freed the young daughter. The young daughter ran. The mother was fighting him off. Yeah. And then the mother was screaming, so the older daughter came back to help her, and then the three of them ended up getting captured again. And she's like, what did you come back for, you <laughs> fucking dope? Like, that's a real... I it's have terrible. never, exp- I don't know what, what decision to make here kind of a situation. You know, like they're, they're going like, I don't want to leave me mad to this guy. Like, can you imagine, can you imagine that happened to your parents and, and you you have to go back and save them? Like, you can't just like run to safety, save yourself. And you're all like, okay, but okay. But what is surprising here during this attack, he did have a gun. Yeah. And never used it. Never so he's it obviously, off. he learned from like, cause when he did use it before he almost got caught. Like, yeah. He really wasn't going to uh, use it until he needed it. Well, according to the report, uh, it was a thirty-eight revolver. Yeah. And the woman identified it as very similar to a police-issue revolver yes. that police people do get. <laughs> yeah. And I hope she said it like that. Police people. She's very politically <laughs> no, correct. No, it's like, she's like, I wonder what profession he might have. <laughs> yeah. But it seemed like, you know, the utility belt... Like, could that not be a police accoutrement? Yeah. I think know? she even recognized the make of that too or something. I remember. Yeah, there was a belt buckle that she recognized that it had crossed guns on it. And there was also from this woman, she said that there was a, a tattoo of a black bear on his right forearm. Yes, yes. Now, that could have been drawn on. That doesn't correspond with the lad that they have in custody at the moment. Yeah. But the belt buckle was one of the items found in his house in D'Angelo's house along with a whole load of other stuff we'll talk about that in a minute yeah so like this is 1976 August 1976 and he's laying down trickles of evidence that eventually would stack up against him yeah yeah it's fucking rough man and uh I don't we, we I'm not sure if we even clarified now but no rape happened on this no she fought she fought for her yeah dignity and i think actually of a really funny thing after when she was interviewed she did make a point to say if he didn't have a gun it wouldn't have been a fair fight yeah she said he was <laughs> he was a slight fellow five ten maybe 170 pounds yeah. if he didn't have a gun i think i could have taken him yeah, yeah. and to be honest like she put it up a fair like of it, yeah. fight man putting up that sort of fight and like getting your two kids out of the house at the same time he was bat like she was picking up stuff around the house and smashing it over his head but he was battering her yeah she got like, like 32 stitches on yeah her fucking head after like uh really ought to battered that young fella <laughs> yeah. good fellas like came over to the sports car and just went don't you ever fucking talk to her again yeah, yeah. you know but it's a real like real life ripley sort of moment in alien yeah but um as we'd seen a lot of attacks once something went wrong in one the, the next victim paid for it. So on September 4th, there was a rape not far away, just six nights later in a Citrus Heights. And and I remember that name of that area, Citrus yeah, Heights. Yeah. So this is less than a 10-minute walk from uh, the Rancho Cordoba, which is a less than a 10-minute further walk from the, mid, from the second yeah, assault, yeah. right? So we're talking about like 20 minutes round trip to all areas at the moment. Yeah. And we're not going to go through every case, don't worry. No, yeah, yeah. But these but, are the most important, what, the ones that set precedent yeah, for his behavior. Once you know these cases, you know yeah. all of them. Because yeah. it's how, yeah, it sets his behavior. But this wasn't like the others in that there was no hang-up calls, no stalking of a victim. <gasps> in fact, this time, it was actually just in retaliation for uh, 
fucking up, I guess. And then to prove a point. It seemed like, from everything that was done, it was a quick execution. It was in and out. There was no dilly-dally and there was no no fancy finagle and there was no long time spent. Yeah, this wasn't for the victim. It wasn't to torment her. It was to... It was to show I can do, I can succeed. He needed a win. Yeah. He just, he was like, I feel bad about the last one. I need a win. Here we go. And it was in Citrus Heights, right? So he, he knew this place so well that he didn't even have to case it. Yeah. So he just drove there. Will I spoil it? Yeah, yeah. Will I spoil it? Yeah. Okay, so the actual dude, D'Angelo, JJ D'Angelo, was from Citrus Heights. He had a house there the entire time. So that's how this cunt is able to get to so many locations. He knew so many people all around. Yeah. Like, he picked his neighbor and he knew his neighbor's whereabouts and movements and all that stuff and landed in with no pants and he had a load of fucking duck butter on his dick. Yeah. And he just jumped in and raped her straight away and bounced. Like, he obviously went, I'll save her for dessert. And when he got a bad a bad lose, when your one yeah. picked up a stink and bet the shit out of him, he was like, I need an easy win here now. Let's go. Yeah. Like, that's... Like, he could have just been in his home one night, fuming with rage, yeah. still thinking about it, and just was like, that one down the road, that's the one I'm going for now. Yeah. And he just left. I know the like, crack with her. Yeah. Fuck, man. Which is just... Oh, it's so fucking horrible to think about. But. And this is only attack number three, you know. There is 51. We're not going to go through them all. Yeah. As we said. But, um... He, he was whispering stuff to this woman on the third attack to try and throw off the scent because there was such a hubbub uh, around the woman who fought back. Yeah. She yeah. was giving out details and there was some stuff that he was like, maybe, fuck, am I lamped now? Am I caught, you know? Yeah. But it, it did seem like he made a point, like he dragged her outside after the attack and left her tied to, to a post in the backyard, I believe. Yeah. As and, a bit of extra shame. Yeah. Yeah. But like, and it, like, almost like it was a message to the victim that got away as well. Like, and he stole her car and but was found just a few blocks away. But mm. as we now know, where, considering where he lived, this was a, a good decoy. Like, yeah, to, to show that maybe I'm, maybe I'm escaping when he really just doubled back and went back to his own gaff. Yeah. And it was Coors Light as well found at the scene. I'm surprised he's not called the Coors Light killer. <laughs> like how much did Coors Light have to pay the police to yeah. not have their, their brand name That's involved it, like, in it? Like the Coors Light <laughs> killer sounds so much better than the East Area Rapist. That's pretty good actually, yeah. Yeah. How do you how do you know how do you know when the Coors Light killer is ready? Because his balls are blue, like the can. You know, it turns it turns blue at a certain temperature. That's when, what it is. When man. they make a movie about him, how much will Molson's have to put in to stop them from yeah. using their product? Yeah, we can't have cans of generic beer. Like <laughs> yeah. fucking hell! But they can't stop them because it's a historical documentary. Yeah, and it was always Coors Light. It was always Coors Light. Taste of the Rockies. Um, so there were other attacks that were like yeah. pretty, pretty seminal in his career. Let's just go through them real quick then and, and uh, we, we'll move on. Well, not long after then, another rape in Citrus Heights. He waited a few months now. He waited t- till the, the Indian summer of 76. Yeah, yeah. And, and raped another neighbor. Raped another neighbor, as we now know. Um, and then Del Deo was October 9th, which is, a- again, another spot not far away. This was... I'm all... There's so many attacks, but wasn't this attack two was Del Deo? Uh, on October. Yeah, he did the same in like the space of two weeks. Yeah, yeah. And they were all in a very close proximity to his home house. Yeah, yeah. And, and Del Deo was this, there was two like on the same day of the week, like a week later. Yeah. Yeah, fucked up, man. And I think the, the second one, it was, it was two women. Sorry, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah he did he, two women in one night. Yeah. One night. He got, he doubled up at the end of October. Yeah. 
one in the afternoon and one at night time. And so this was the first time as well that law enforcement publicly announced their hunt for the Easteria Rapists. They named them for the first time yeah. and they offered a reward. So there was a reward for the information leading to 2,500. Little did they know that that plus the 4,000 for the uh, the Vanellia <laughs> ransacker. ransacker. Like, he was racking up some notoriety. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Federer and his cap and all that stuff. Yeah, they even had to uh, call town hall meetings now to discuss it. Yeah, Sacramento, like the area, was getting f- pretty freaked out. You're talking about four different, between Rancho Cordoba and Citrus Heights and now Del Deo. Like, there was a lot of townships, a lot of these housing states getting targeted by this guy. So a bunch of people came together to the Sacramento, I guess, city council and were yeah. like, what's the fucking crack? And they had a town hall meeting of like 500 people where they had uh, police investigators. They had experts like teaching people about, you know, uh, I guess, rudimentary self-defense yeah, uh, yeah. Um, maneuvers. And then also going like, shut your fucking windows. <laughs> you know, if you see that moved around your house, it wasn't the kids, you know. Yeah, yeah. But you, you know, ring somebody. Um, at one of this, these meetings in Sacramento, I saw in the documentary that was that the, the investigating officer was so shocked by that he said, like, uh, there was a guy stood up, all braggadocious, you know, oh, and yeah. full of full of machismo and hubris, and said, you know what. There's no guy who's ever going to break into my house and rape my wife. I'd never let that happen. I'd fucking kick his ass. Never happened to me. And later that night, into that guy's house, brutally beat him and savagely raped and bet his wife. Like, it was one of the most savage and brutal rapes of all of them. So he was in the room. He was at that town hall meeting. The fucking guy was at the town hall meeting because it's not televised. Yeah, but like... There's only 500 people at it. So one of the 500 of the Sacramento. So like, but but we find out later on he's from that area. So he's obviously invited yeah, to that yeah. meeting. So he's going to go on. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stall into the town meeting and see how much they know about me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just another dick, dick grower. Like he's just, it's, a, it's, a, you know, he's going in to go like, yeah, how fucking cool am I? Yeah. To know that shit. But like the, the display of power of that guy. Can you imagine the next town hall meeting where they're like, no one's even afraid to stand up and in in the in the face of a faceless attacker be like he'll never get me because the next thing you will be fucking yeah. next that's the scariest part of that yeah no that's absolutely fucking terrifying Do you know just to prove a point as well it wasn't like one of these l- luxurious long-winded you know rapes like where he'd be going out for a sandwich and doing all yeah, this he yeah. was just like in brutal to this guy who stood up against him again this is the the anger coming out like yeah with, so we're, we're seeing a lot more emotion from him now at least at least yeah i guess there's like there's there's a a little bit of variance to the mo but the attacks continued and it was more like all through october november uh into 1976 and then there was a little break he he would he would he wasn't doing as many rapings and actual house break-ins he was doing more prank calls, stalking, yeah, watching. There was people seeing, oh, there's a fucking creepy dude around, or like drive by real slow in the car. A lot of reports of that stuff. Now that people were aware, yeah, and I think after this town hall meeting, the fact that he was in there meant that the law enforcement were probably getting quite close. And he's like, right, well, I can't go mad at the rape, and yeah. they're going to know now. Yeah, it seems like he'd do that. He would have very small cooling off periods. Yeah. And, and people would think, oh, maybe he stopped and it's safe again. But what they wouldn't know is that the people he already attacked would still be getting 
prank calls. Yeah, he was calling back to people, going like, yeah. "Remember that night? Do you remember that? Night? Like, you can you can actually go onto FBI.gov and find the calls. There's like little MP MP3s that you can listen to, and some of them are like, "Yeah, you fucking bitch, you fucking whore. Do you remember? Do you remember what I did yeah. to you? And you're like, "Why are you ringing up like?" They're terrifying. There's one where it sounds like he's auditioning for a horror movie where he's yeah. like, he's deliberately just breathing heavy in yeah. it and he starts yeah. going, I'm going to kill you. And he's saying it in that tone. It's, yeah. it's so uneasy to listen to. Creepy, man. But, but uh, you'd believe it. Like if you were, <laughs> if you had experienced him, I would, I would imagine yeah. that you'd be believing it. So they went on into November, these these prank calls and all this stuff and the, and yeah. the, the police and the, and the authorities started to go like, okay, shit, man, we're going to have to really addressed this so they released this profile and they had the first artist renderings and there was two different ones one had like a long shaggy but blondy hair and the other one was a a kind of a comb over all american young lad looking not very similar not not too similar but kind of put into the mind of the people like maybe it was a couple of guys that all this couldn't be done by just one yeah, dude. yeah. and there was this kind of non-solidified theory in the public mind as well it's not going out to everyone it's just going out to sacramento and the amount of people that were living there like it's not a it's not a, a country-wide event, no no you know? absolutely not because the other the other states have their own problems that you know there's other killers on the loose there yeah of course it just doesn't spread other counties in california yeah. um so it, at the end of november he was given the, the moniker the east area rapist finally and they kind of solidified all these crimes as it must be the same guy and he started burgling the houses and he yeah. was taking low value items. Presumably there were tools to be used on future crimes. He yeah. didn't want to have like a paper trail for receipts from like going to Costco and, and, <laughs> and buying like extra lengths of rope and shit yeah. like that. Like, Which is was, funny because this is, leads him into later on. We'll see how this led him. Lamped. Into, yeah. But robbing a hammer. But like he, he would, he would be stealing like shoelaces from shoes and wardrobes. Yeah. Yeah to use on the next crime yeah do you know that is it's crazy but also like it leads so ballsy yeah and it just leads them down a different path yeah. like uh and then uh, on december 20th this is uh why i found one of the creepiest things there's a woman driving through a neighborhood near uh oak crest and she spotted a man just on his belly crawling towards the front door of a home wow which can you imagine that um, image and so she you're just like you're just like you're out for christmas drinks bob <laughs> yeah and bob is like yeah fucking bananas trying to crawl trying to hold onto the grass so he doesn't float off the planet like yeah after a few and, too many eggnog at the office party yeah i guess that is what considering it's yeah it's december that's and he's, and he's wearing a ski mask it's like it's cold bob <laughs> in california <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so i guess she she stopped to see if he he was still up for partying or something i don't know <laughs> but um when she stopped she noticed yeah the ski mask and that he had also noticed her and he just got up and just started walking towards her in what i can imagine is that creepy michael myers fashion yeah and uh, he just about got to knock on the window before she just bolted it and was gone and then as she was driving away in the rearview mirror, saw him just pull a bicycle from a bush and cycle off down the street in oh the opposite God. direction. That's so creepy. It, I don't know. Why is that so creepy? Though? I don't I, know. I find it terrifying. Is that he, maybe he feels like he's so safe in his murdery, rapey yeah. vibe that he's like, I don't need a car. I don't need a quick getaway. I know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> and I'm going to get a bit of exercise while they're doing yeah. it. There's so, yeah, there's something about a killer cycling a bicycle itself that's funny. 
or not funny but creepy creepy funny because it's so creepy yeah and it shouldn't be but there was a bit of a break he took a break for christmas and uh he came back in early early 77 with a few uh, prank calls and a few drive-bys and a few like kind of stalkings to get a bit of information um but there was a crime early january uh yeah there was a man who ch- chased a, a prowler from his house is this what you're mm. yeah yeah and uh investigators were convinced it wasn't actually the east area rapist as he seemed like an amateur yeah um just trying to get a, a free rape and blame yeah, on someone else pretty much because if, if the east area rape is fucked up there was a fight he wasn't just chased away you know yeah, yeah. He, he would stick up for himself and yeah um but that wasn't of any comfort because all this meant is that there was now a possible copycat. So by the 24th of January, there had now been 12 attacks and two in the last week. So he, he was back on the go after his Christmas break. Yeah. Uh, and they all followed followed much the same MO with varying extremities of violence. Uh, what we really start to get a sense of now is just how long the East Area Rapist would stalk his victims for. So in early February, there's a woman who would eventually become victim 21. So there was nine more victims and yeah. she reported like he was around my area then yeah he did nine other yeah. attacks and then came back for her came back for her. she started getting the calls months before the attack it's yeah well planned out he knows the crack like and these were all like 51 were all in a very small area yeah yeah so the fact that yeah these were neighbors of him like so he probably do, do you imagine he spoke to these people yeah as as himself, just of course. Out walking I'd the dog. say he, he saw like you know Martha down the Piggly Wiggly, and he was just like, "Hey Martha, you getting you know in the in the summertime, you getting uh, you getting some dogs for the barbecue?" And so, then in the, in the back of his mind, he's like, "I'm gonna fucking rape you, Martha." Yeah. So a lot of what we're attributing to his stalking and that might have been information he he got from them just by talking to them in the shops and stuff. Yeah. Like. Are you playing, you, you know, is your husband, you, you know, how's your husband? Oh, he's, he's fine. Um, Bill, he's going away on a business trip next week. Oh, really? Yeah, sound, yeah, sound, yeah. So like, are, are we thinking, we're, we're very Irish about how we're thinking about this. We're, we're thinking of an Irish small town and how friendly people are yeah. versus an American. This yeah. is like, the, Sacramento's still like a city. Yeah. Even a suburb there might, like how many homes are there? It's still hundreds Thousands, and hundreds. Yeah. yeah. So it'd still be like Dublin. Where, well, you would. You'd come familiar with people. Somebody like him, you'd imagine, would make an effort to talk to people because he's trying to get information that could help That's him. That's what I mean. He'd be extra yeah. nice. And as we find out, he's kind of like a public servant. So yeah. he would be in a trusted position in the community. Yeah. You know? But they did, have, they did have a subject in early uh, 1977. 77 seemed to be the year of the East Area Rapist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Son of Sam was going on at the same time in New York, and they're like, we're not letting that happen here. So early 77, they started to pull out some some big guns, right? Yeah, yeah. They um they thought they actually found their man in uh, February, uh, William Paul Boren. They had caught him for an attack he had committed a few nights prior. Uh, and while he was being held... Attack 13 happened, so... That's it. So they he didn't have their guy. Proven innocent by uh, association or non, non-association, non I guess. Um, But they do think that he was the copycat, that uh, they, the prowler that had ran from earlier. So they at least caught that... That could yeah. have progressed to something worse, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, then on the 2nd of April 1977, after the paper made mention of the, the fact that the East Area Rapist never raped uh, a woman while the man was in the house. Yeah, kind of calling them like, you know, he, he's not, he's you know, he, that, that woman fought him back and she nearly won. So he's kind of afraid to yeah, come into I the house or whatever. Yeah, like, why did they make special, ma- like, do you think they were kind of... Just saying, like, to all the women, make sure you have a man in the house. Yeah. And then, of course, that guy in the town hall meeting, like, obviously after this, went like, yeah, well, if he came to my house and, and tried to rape my wife, I'd fucking kick the shit out of him and stuff. And then, you know, he went, really? Yeah. And then that night started in, you know? Yeah. But, what, yeah. The, the, but this escalated him. This almost well, provoked. Th- that's it. He read it a different way anyway, yeah. and he took it as a challenge because uh, the next attack was his first couple. And yeah. this is where actually his days of the ransacker we see that we see some of the stuff he done there come back where uh once he broke into the home and you know woke the couple up mm. he would bound the husband bound the wife bring her into another room and he would go back to the husband and he'd bring all the cutlery and dishes from the kitchen he'd have the husband get on his knees hands and knees and put the plates stack them on his back and say if he hears any of them fall i'll yeah. kill your wife yeah that's fucking demented, demented. Belief. But also very, 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 very clever. It is very clever. It's very so clever. demented. And like, can you imagine this? You accidentally, like how hard, that has to be impossible to like just keep them balanced there. While you're listening to your wife being raped in another room. Yeah. What what I heard he did was he'd come in, he'd have his um, flashlight, shine it right in the face of the man blind him make sure mm. that he wasn't able to see anything yeah because like you're coming from sleep to like flashlight so obviously yeah when yeah. they do take the flashlight out of your eyes you have that kind of you know that purple ring around and you're, you're yeah, it's kind of burned yeah. and you can't see anything anyway and, you, and it's still dark everywhere else except where the flashlight shines and blah 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 so he he wake the man up blind him ask him a bunch of questions like have the knife and go like look what i'm gonna do or the gun look what yeah. i'm gonna fucking do to you don't fuck around and then he'd go to the wife and throw the shoelaces at her and say, you tie him up. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she'd tie him up. And then he'd go around and take his sweet time tying up the wife, tying up good and tight and proper. And then he'd go back and tighten up on the man. Right. And then move the woman, get the cutlery, put it on the on the guy's back. Sometimes they were lying on the bed. And he'd be lying and say, lie face down on the bed, face down into the pillow. And he'd cover his whole back and his legs and his arse and everything with like plates and cups and all the knives and forks. Oh my god! As he lie, as he lay on the bed, and he said, "If you move at all, they fall. She's dead." Yeah. Like, it's fucked up. It's so fucked up. It's fucked up. But but imagine like you're being told as the wife, tie up your husband. Yeah, yeah. Tie up your husband now. Yeah, because it's like you're now a part. Whatever yeah. happens to him, you're now. It's nearly your fault. Like, you're, yeah, you're doing it for you. But it's also power as well because of he's course. like making her do the thing that she absolutely doesn't want to do. Yeah. And then that, I was watching some of the women said like, yeah. So I tied him up loose, thinking that like you know, he might be able to escape then and save me or whatever. And then he went back and tied him up yeah. really tight. And and if he, she tied him up loose, he would punish the woman yeah, more for yeah, that. Of then. course. But it was well, he was never going of, to trust. It was no, just no, a power. It was just play, a power yeah. move. Yeah, but uh, it was this thing of like, do you remember in the Green Mile, and and John Coffey's like, he killed him with their love, boss. He killed him with their love, and we find out later on that your man, the you know the guy, oh, he's cooking now. Yeah. 
he went into the room and he said to the two little girls, if you make a noise, I kill her. If you make a noise, I'll kill her. And use their love yeah, yeah, yeah. of each other ag- ag- against them to make them be quiet. Yeah. yeah. So like that's kind of what he's doing here. He's going like, you you tie her and then, you know? Yeah, yeah. It just seems to be using their own, mot- their own uh, motivations against them. Yeah, which is what he kind of done with the sisters earlier on. As well, and same. Because we, we're not mentioning every attack. There was other attacks yeah. with sisters that were, and they were all the very same. So it's like he graduated to couples from sort of practicing with the sisters. Yeah. They were kind of easier to manage. But he knew to say like, if you make, the first, he had a script nearly, like yeah. if you make a noise, you're dead. If you move, you're dead. Do you know? Yeah. And uh, another fucked up thing that comes from this instant incident uh is as he was leaving he told the husband i have a message for the cops tell them that if this makes the news i will kill two people but there was a problem he also gave the same message to the wife before he left only she was certain that he said if this doesn't make the news i will kill two people what a mind bender so he left that dilemma with that couple after doing that to them, left this like moral quandary yeah. about the lives of two other people in their hands to go, did he say, I don't know, what did he say? Yeah. So forever they would argue about that, did he say, did, do or don't? Well, yeah, they, well, they told the police and they both had different oh, man. thoughts. And, you know, the police were unsure whether maybe one of them just misheard it, but that didn't help them. Nah, I assume that's he so knew unfair. what he was doing. Uh, but they did release more information. To they destroyed a relationship doing that. Like, that's yeah. the worst punishment, like, you know? Uh, well, the, the, the police kind of compromised where they released information. Yeah. But because he never really said what aspects of the crime, they decided to re- they would release a profile. Because um, they hadn't released a full profile yet. Yeah, because if they release too much, then you get your copycats and you get your lads claiming, oh, it's me. Yeah. Because they know the, the elements of the case or whatever. Yeah, and they released more details of like exactly where the attack happened. They kind yeah. of released everything bar this sort of how extreme the violence was. Yeah. Um, and it thought maybe that would appease him, whichever he meant. Yeah. <laughs> but it's assumed he said both just to fuck with everybody. Uh, but yeah, so they hoped what information they did really release won't cause too much of a public panic it did of course it did <laughs> yeah of course it did they started making like um private groups to to kind of investigate independently mm. to try and find the east area i was thinking that the police were not able to to do their job properly and there was a, a private group that raised 15 grand and then a local businessman also gave another 10 grand to try and get this thing off the ground um and then couples began sleeping in shifts with guns next to their beds and they were like you know i'll stay awake till three and then you can sleep until three and whatever and gun sales went through the roof of course you know double glazed window salesmen were making a fucking fortune <laughs> selling all the lockable windows and stuff like that and then the housewives started coming together and making these little uh, culture groups where they'd have five or six and they just spend the whole day together until oh, all their so husbands they were alone home. during the day yeah. a bunch of them, it was almost like like play dates with the kids so, yeah, they'd all Tupperware come together. parties and, and you know doing each other's hair while avoiding rape it's a good idea I so mean a lot of people would be, have been ended up doing the housework at night then and yeah, shit like that it just night fucks then. everything yeah. up yeah the whole fucking the whole community was in bits and then this EAR patrol was was formed, uh, presumably by the same. It was reportedly by the same man who gave the ten grand. The same oh yeah, business yeah. Guy. 
and they were kind of like a, a you know a neighborhood watch or whatever and they would walk around the neighborhood and communicate via walkie talkie or cb right. radio which was like I guess the, annoying uh, at the, the guardian time. angels that yeah, vigilante yeah. group yeah or like remember in, in, is it which batman film is it where you have the copycat batman I think that's Dark Knight. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so those guys fine. coming out there and trying to help out. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, if anyone was drunk and crawling up their garden or if they were on a bike wearing a hat or a mask, yeah, yeah. they were getting pulled off their bike and harassed. And it was just like an awful lot of extra shenanigans from both sides. Like people trying to keep the peace and then, you know, <laughs> this dude's still out there doing murders yeah, and, yeah. and rapes. So the the... The police were kind of fumbling. They were kind of flailing. They hadn't got any proper leads. And there was numerous reports in the public because they were now primed with this information that they knew that the guy was wearing a ski mask. They knew he had a bike. And then the next thing, it's fucking Elvis is alive. I seen him. Yeah, yeah. Kind of situation. You know, I, said, I saw Jim Morrison last week at the fucking In-N-Out. Like, yeah. the, everybody and their mother was after starting to yeah. see these. Like, oh, I saw a man with a ski mask on a bike. And uh, he was driving in the street. Uh, uh, he was riding in the street, and he was going down to you know Mrs. Mrs. McAfee's house. And I know for definite that she's going to get raped next. And yeah. people were camped outside people's houses. And, and I'm sure this is not in the thing, but I'm sure that like the good-looking women of the community were like the most like clutching of the pearls, going like, "Oh my god, I have to be next." You know the way you have that community of <laughs> bitchy, like you know, des- <laughs> desperate housewives who are like. Well, I mean, I am the most desirable victim in the community. Like people who would be like, I need yeah. more protection than others. Like they're not going to ride rotten fat wife down on the corner. You know, like they're obviously going to go for me because I look like a playboy bunny. I need more protection and trying to, you know, can you imagine yeah. like the, the intra, interpersonal politics that's going on? Yeah. And especially like the neighborhoods we're looking at, they, like they're all like middle to upper middle yeah, class. Reasonably all, affluent. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's not like. It's, it's, you know, he's going from trailer park to trailer park. No, this no, is no. like, these are big sprawling Los Angeles bar or Sacramento bungalows, you know. But it seems that uh, the the profile being released to the public spurred on some, some yeah, yeah. kind of voluntary information. Um, they said that uh, the East Area Rapist only attacked women while the husband or father was away, which was proved to be untrue. Yeah. Uh, he used varying forms of transport and thought that he went through drainage ditches and and empty fields at the back of houses so people had like patrols of fences on empty fields shining lights down at the scene yeah. they could see him come like the like fucking jason coming through the cornfields or some shit yeah like or, that, or you know? drainage uh, drainage ditches like yeah. fucking it the clown, it the clown. <laughs> so they were so they were going in to check the fuck like you could see how these movie tropes that we know now are playing out in real life like these are things that people were genuinely scared of at the time yeah, so it was real shit. Like coming into your house at nighttime, like the uh, yeah, I didn't the strangers really... are. We had just we, very like the strangers. Very like it. we had just seen you know uh, the Manson family go into the Tate house and the Labianca house and do this very same thing in a group. Like this was a thing that happens. Yeah, do you know? Yeah. Not ten years before that happened, and and this lad is going for two or three years, so it's something that is definitely in the collective unconscious. Uh, the police said that there was no you know commonalities between the victims so anybody could be next you know that's fucking blood curdling and then the only thing that could link uh, any of the crimes together was the blood type which is like generally taken from uh, uh, some kind of an organic sample 
yeah. that they would get from the crime scene. They knew the man's blood type, but couldn't do anything with the DNA because there wasn't the technology. So, like, that's not a lot to be going on, you know? Yeah. Like, they'd find prints, but they never had a match. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they ever found full a full set anyway, so... Yeah. But... Really yeah, tough. They, Plus, they the fact that like, they're, they're putting it off of a, a manual database. They haven't got a computerized database at this point, so they're... You know, it's it's hard to match off a whole countrywide um, fingerprint database. Now you have that CSI shit where you're like, oh yeah, okay, so we have the reflection of this guy in a doorknob from a door across the street from the nightclub where the thing happened off a security camera. Enhance, enhance. Okay, put that guy's figure into like the database <laughs> and, they'll, and they'll scan through the whole thing and it's like, yeah, he's wearing that jacket. That jacket was bought in this shop. We have the receipt of the guy at the time and it was like, foo, foo, enhance. Let's turn it around. <laughs> get the reflection and the next thing to have the fucking guy in like three minutes from these massive databases of information. Back then it's like some lad holding up a piece of paper to a light and yeah. then holding up another piece of paper and going, are they the same? <laughs> peep, peep, ting. Are they the same? Are they? So... Yeah. We're coming into like summertime again, summer 77. Yeah. And in uh, early April, a man claiming to be a real estate agent, he came over to view a home that was for sale in uh, Merlindale Drive, which is very close to uh, Citrus Heights. Yeah, again, very like over the other side. You could literally like... You could cycle you could from, cycle one, to from one to another, right? So this homeowner you reported... Could probably, it's probably small enough that you could walk through the neighborhood with no pants and nobody would notice at two in the morning yeah because yeah, you know no one's up uh the homeowner later reported that he didn't appear to be checking out any of the things that a, a, an estate agent would, would usually look at and was more interested in checking out the windows and asking personal questions and this house was sold a few weeks later and in that house later on when the people moved into it that was attack number 20 in months and months later to come funny that like <laughs> similar he was casing out these places going like i know this house i know this house i know this house i know who lives there i know who lives there had to be a local and i don't yeah. know why they weren't doing local like door-to-door knocking checks because if they had a checked d'angelo's house they'd find a bunch of fucking trinkets that he was keeping from every victim do you know yeah like what wouldn't be that many houses to knock on well i don't know like again we're thinking we're, we're I know, very irish look on it i've seen the topographical maps like there's only a few hundred houses mm-hmm. in in those areas when it started to get bigger and it started to become the the, the original night stalker it got it got weird yeah you know? but like you can knock on the doors but you can't get in yeah yeah no warrants and the other thing with and i just don't know the information on this and i don't know if it's out there yet or not but since he's been caught has the uh has any of the trinkets been found yeah, in his home found in the home that, yeah okay yeah because i was always i was curious whether because he done so much just playing around with the police yeah. i was always curious when he took stuff were they trophies or was he taking them because serial killers take trophies and he wanted to just lead them on a but he did keep them yeah, yeah. he kept them yeah right. golden lockets and cufflinks and shit like right that. okay and then uh attack number 22 in in south sacramento kind of changed how the whole thing was done. And we're going up to attack like 51 and that was all through the summer of 77, which was bananas. Yeah. But on the 28th of May, East Area Rapist attacked another couple and it played out pretty similar to the ones before. But there were two aspects of this particular attack that showed how much the East Area Rapist was paying attention to... Uh, the attention. Yeah, the press he was getting. Like, he knew exactly what they thought of him. So he's like, eh, let's change it up. The first attack happened in the area far from any previous attacks but it happened to be very close to the office of the businessman who put up the reward money as if to be like, hey, who the fuck do you think you're messing with, but 
Like you could be next. This is in your back garden. He loved sending his messages. I'm saying, like, he knows exactly what he's. He's a PR man, if anything else. And then before leaving that attack, he gave the husband a message for the police. He said, "Tell him they got it wrong the last time. I will kill if this is on the news. It scares mommy when it's on the news." And he began to cry as he left. Like that is fucking creep delicious. So he tried to confuse the couple before by saying, make sure it doesn't or does go on the news. Yeah. Thinking, oh, it's a mad mind game. But actually he says, don't let this get on the news. Don't tell anybody. But that could be also like, yeah, you see, my thinking of this is because he says, tell them they got it wrong. How he needs to know they had to make a choice. So he'd have to know they got two different pieces of information. Yeah. So he'd have to have knowingly given them them the two. So it was bullshit. Well, maybe he watched on the news and they said like they wanted to be on the news. So it got onto the news and he was like, I didn't want it on the news. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I don't, I just don't know if the police released the information that he had said. I don't, I couldn't find out. Yeah. So. See, but my guess is they wouldn't because that makes him sound way too threatening. I don't think they'd want to release that. (laughs) So I think, yeah, it seems like he was like fucking with him again <laughs> what an absolute cunt yeah, absolute cunt so he takes a break then uh through the summer 77 maybe because after these couple attacks that people were like yeah this is getting too fucked up like they were brutal these these yeah. the guy that stood up in the town hall meeting like he, brutally yeah, he just about survived yeah so um some of the some of the public thought that he had finished and moved on and the police they pretty much they knew they hadn't heard the last of him because he began to f- call these former victims and leave prank calls and be like taunting them and saying i'm gonna come back and get you and like do you remember that night we spent together like a lot of creepy yeah and well at this point he even started calling their neighbors so yeah. the neighbor wasn't already aware of what had happened to their neighbor yeah he told them yeah fucked man and then uh there was intimate details uh about the crime that were given to the sacramento police in a letter from a man claiming to be the friend of the East Area Rapist. And they knew it had to be legit. I don't know why they didn't fucking incarcerate that guy and investigate him. Well, they try, they, he signed the letter as afraid. Yeah. And he, and he told them to... Uh, Sincerely afraid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he told them that if they wanted to communicate with him, to communicate with him through the Sacramento Bee. So they started taking out ads saying... yeah, In the paper, want, yeah. Yeah, we want more information. Very similar to Zodiac as well. Yeah. But um, they just never heard back from him. He he, sa- yeah. he said he wanted to communicate with them, but I once think they started... Maybe maybe it was just like, I want to see if they would yeah. get a bit of press coverage. It has to have been the the Golden State Killer himself. There's no way a friend had any information, right? I mean, who was the friend? Why did he not get interrogated? Like, how did that guy get the letter? That's I couldn't find that. Like, how, how do you... What do you mean? The guy who said, he sent a letter going, I'm a friend of the East Area Rapist. How could they not find where that letter came from? How could they not look at the post code or how could they not look at, could they not like do DNA testing on the handwriting or on the paper or who, you know. I assume just the same reason they couldn't find Maybe it was the the rapist himself just saying them somebody else. I assume it was him, but either way, yeah, like I don't even, I don't know how you go about it. If you give the police like that much evidence, you've seen in the Unabomber, like he sent a fucking manifesto and they were able to use language analysis to be able to find out exactly who he was. Yeah, yeah. Like surely it's 1977. Surely they're able to do something to catch this cunt if he's sending letters to the police going, talk to me through the papers. Like that's, 
that's fucked. Yeah, well, I I suppose that's what they were hoping to do, but I guess with just with one letter, there just wasn't enough. Yeah, still though. Tell us about tell us about Officer Richard Shelby. Oh yeah, so this is we haven't mentioned him, no. but like he's been there for the entire thing. Yeah, in the background, he's uh he wrote a book, I believe, hunting a psychopath about it later in life. But uh, so he lived in South Sacramento, and uh, you know, so he didn't just work there; it was his home. So while he was out on patrol doing his job, he also was worried about his family. So he would make a point of circling his own estate hourly on a most bike. of the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was one night when he was off duty. His son climbed into the parents' bed, uh, saying he was scared. Fuck that! He had seen a man hanging. Upside down from the roof, peering into his window. No, fuck that, man. And Shelby went to investigate. Man was gone. He found some muddy footprints out at the window the next day. But uh, no trace of the man. But uh, So the, the East Area Rapist knew Shelby. Yeah. I guess. Or at least knew that he was a lead investigator. He had no intention. It sounds like he had no intention of breaking into this place. But it was, again, it was to send a message. It's like, stop patrolling the neighborhood, you prick. Again, it's That's such, it's spooky, such a movie yeah, image. Isn't it? So, w- w- these area rapists after this time starts, starts to cool off. And um, he was moving from town to town. There was other places. Um, M- M- Medino, Stockton, these other, these other kind of surrounding, yeah. um, I guess, what would you call them? Or, or, or suburban so, areas, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, they had these the, their, their little enclaves of uh, housing estates and this kind of stuff. You know, like yeah, you got the you got the store, you got a laundrette. They call them suburbs there, yeah, but here suburbs. it'd be like, well, this is a city, it's a town, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> metropolis. But um, yeah, so he 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 started kind of moving around, right? Yeah, yeah, and he'd come back to East Sacramento every now and again. But yeah, he he was kind of spreading out now, and. Uh, in December, he uh, did send a letter to uh, the Sacramento Bee, the newspaper. In 77. In 77. Yeah. And to the mayor. Um, and it was a poem called Excitement's Crave. This fucking guy. And included uh, the phrase, Sacramento should make an offer to make a movie of my life that will pay for my planned exile. Jesus Christ. Do you want to hear his poem? Yeah, do it. <laughs> You've got actually. You should read this. Yeah, You've okay. got better. You can do a deep poetry voice. Will I do it? Will I do it in the in the phone call? In the phone call? <laughs> oh, that might be too creepy. But <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay, here's the poem. Insight, uh, excitement's crave. All those mortals surviving birth, upon facing maturity, take inventory of their worth. To prevailing society, choose values becomes a task. Oneself must seek satisfaction the selected route will unmask character when plans take action accepting some work to perform at fixed pay but promise for more is a recognized social norm as is decorum seeking lore achieving while others lifting should be cause for deserving fame and leisure tempts excitement seeking what's right and expected seems tame jesse james has been seen by all and son of sam has an author others now feel temptations call sacramento should make an offer to make a movie of my life that will pay for my planned exile <laughs> 
Just now I'd like to add the wife of a mafia lord to my file. Your East Area rapist and deserving pest. See you in the press or on TV. That was a very good reading of it. That's fucking weird. <laughs> man. It is weird. It's actually it's not bad stuff. It's like he he you know those rhymes. Yeah, it like, had a, it had a it had a, a meter. Because you know, the whole the, thing worked. I don't know if you've any information down about this, but did you come across the stuff about his homework pages? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> did you know? Like he was doing the working it out in the margin. He had like they found at one point in a car a notebook, and it was a notebook he obviously had from when he was in school. Oh Christ! So it had his homework. And I had like when I grow up, I want to be a rapper. <laughs> like there was a, an essay he had wrote about who was a general custard or something, and I think he was still working on it. It just it was really as an adult. Yeah, oh, this is maybe sad. he just found it that morning and decided as a goof he would try and finish it. Like, I don't know exactly. I should have read more into this, but it was just very weird. That he, sounds he really still weird. still had homework pages. And from reading that, you wouldn't think the same person would uh, write this kind of derivative poem, but still, not bad. Yeah, I mean, it's no fucking, you know, Unabomber's <laughs> Manifesto, but it's, you know, it's got it's got some some themes there, you know, like talking about the, the working class. This guy is looking for satisfaction no matter what. And, uh you know everybody's working and and they're not really happy and it's a you know a comment on general 70s society you're talking about like these guys are in the middle of the fucking the 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 energy crisis you know yeah, yeah, yeah on the on the cusp of another depression like shit's going wrong for everybody son of sam is out there murdering cunts and and he has a book about him like people are willing to write a book about him he's he, you know it's it's murder is the new rock and roll yeah that's what this guy is saying but the authenticity of this poem and the sources of it have never been proven but it's assumed to have been uh, like legit from the dude like it still has to be d'angelo still has to confirm it in court i guess yeah yeah, that's true um the the night before they got this uh i guess poem poem (laughs) poetry uh, uh threat the East Area Rapist eluded pursuit from law enforcement personnel after alerting our authorities by telephone that morning that he would strike on Watt Avenue that night. And uh, he went to go to Watt Avenue, nearly made it. The cops were there, chased him away. And then he wrote the poem as a response. Like, yeah, so it sounds like it definitely was him. Shit. Like, he knew exactly the crack and he had all of this individualized information. Yeah. Uh, and now it's the uh, the end of 1978, so it's not a whole lot of uh, attacks in 78, but he still managed to rack up another half dozen, uh, up to 29 at this point. 29 in total already, and we're... Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's like t- he's like two years in. And, uh, yeah, and things are just going to get worse, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. There was another uh, 22 attacks in this kind of sacramento uh, uh area all around these cities including like stockton and up a little yeah, bit yeah it starts to move it starts to move around and um it became very like the the, the attacks from like 20 from 30 to like 46 or 47 were all very similar yeah they're just the same there were couples or a single woman or two girls and same same mo same operation like coming in tying them up 
woman turns yeah. up the man a load of plates on his back and it was just it was almost like routine at this yeah, point it's just different areas and i guess that's it like the first 29 are in his own area yeah. so he knows it better and once he kind of perfected his craft yeah he can then spread out and just do exactly what because it wasn't done. locals anymore he knew yeah. that these people might change it up and no one really confronted him or no one really um fought back until uh brian and kate maggiore yes so tell us about brian and kate yeah well they were a young sacramento couple and the, the brian was a military policeman at uh, matter air force base which we haven't m- mentioned but there was some connection throughout to where they actually thought that maybe these stereo rapist could was have a military been, man yeah and the guy might have been stationed there the belt buckle the utility belt the gun type it was all um, i guess armed armed forces issue yeah so like yeah. if you're a policeman you get this type of pistol or whatever but the, this couple good looking all-american couple yeah. and your man was an mp and some shit went down yeah they were out walking their dog tumper one night i don't know why the dog's name's important <laughs> but uh in the same rancho cordova area yeah, in the same yeah near where so it's like it's like the the night stalkers st- uh, or the the east area rape at stomping ground yeah yeah very near like in fact in the center of where like five at least five of his attacks took place yeah um so it's unsure exactly what happened because unfortunately they they didn't survive but uh they fled a confrontation in the street but were chased down and shot some investigators suspected they had been murdered by the east area rapist because of the proximity to the other attacks and also the fact that uh the same kind of shoelaces were found. Yeah. Abandoned, uh, all pre-tied shoelaces, maybe p- potentially ready for an attack. Yeah. They think that quite possibly Brian and Kate walking around the the area quite late at night. Yeah. Because maybe the dog had to go have a piss. And uh, they're out walking around. And maybe they see this guy skulking around the place and he didn't have his mask on and his face was seen. He's like, I can't be having that. Yeah, yeah. So he decided to chase Kate because she ran, chased her, Brian chased after the two of them. This is what was taught from how the forensics did, yeah, did yeah. the area. And then he killed her, and then Brian chased your man. They jumped over a fence, and as he jumped over the fence, instead of keeping running, he, he ducked in behind the corner. Brian jumped over the fence. They, he caught him unawares. They struggled a little bit, and then Brian got shot. Yeah, and there was a, a witness it was a 10-year-old who had mm. seen this through his bedroom window, so he was able to at least verify that... It was that, a struggle. It was a struggle, yeah. and that it was like... There was a double chase. They, they were chased, and after she was shot, that uh, Brian chased her. Yeah. But um, the, the dog was fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tumper was okay, guys. Don't uh, worry. Tumper's fine. But but it was a it was a kind of a shock for, for, for D'Angelo, for the East Area Rapist, because he's like fuck man i nearly got caught there this on my face and yeah. it must have been like a this on my face situation it, had because been. it, it really seems like this it. is the first escalation into an actual death and a death that it, it happens outside yeah there's no nobody's bludgeoned yeah. nobody's raped this is it does sound like he just the, almost got necessity, caught. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah now for a while they actually didn't this was only well it was kind of suspected that it was linked to him but they weren't sure they thought maybe it was related to uh drug shipments at the air force base yeah. and it was a hit by the mob or whatever but the fbi did confirm in 2016 that uh they were pretty pretty much certain there was the stereo rapist and it, it, it kind of hung over brian majority like 
because he could have been involved in some shady shit or he could have been like a hero who tried to take down stop the East yeah. rapist but I mean th- that's a that's a shitty legacy to hang around for 40 years to make sure of you know yeah, yeah. but it's been confirmed now and yeah that's the crack uh, so yeah and he wouldn't kill again now for uh, well he wouldn't kill in the Sacramento area again yeah. period this is like pure I'm going out yeah yeah, there was a few more attacks, but uh, he was gone by '78 from yeah. Sacramento anyway, and he moved towards the Bay Area. So there's a there's kind of like a loop, a highway loop all the way around. Yeah, and so he would go on this highway, and he was hitting towns all along, uh, all the way around. So instead of being in like raping and, and breaking in on his own doorstep anymore, he started to branch out. Yeah, and well, being caught in his own neighborhood, probably because he's like, "Fuck, I got a bit too comfortable there." Yeah, I wasn't watching out properly and I got lamped and I had to kill for it. So now, plus the fact there's actually two murders and it's outside. Yeah, yeah. A lot of police attention, possibly some FBI stuff. You're going into like next level shit. Oh yeah, because we mentioned that, that because Brian was in the military, it's now yeah. a federal... It's a federal thing. So yeah. people are out there now looking for, for this for this guy. People are on like high alert in the yeah. area. Um, You're having police patrols. You have the guardian angel patrols all around yeah, the place yeah. like it's dangerous country for a man looking for an old rape so he's like i gotta get out of town yeah yeah like he's moving far now like mm. he's moving down um he committed a few more around southern california um and he the the sacramento police were still following him because they still want to catch their guy yeah. and they suspected he was moving towards concord which was I, i'm not sure the exact a couple of hundred miles away though yeah few hundred um so they actually tried to engage with the concord police have have you heard any of this no. this is fucking ridiculous this this with how you've been talking about the police this will annoy you so much and i've read actual statements from concord police saying they said this sacramento wanted to meet with them give them all their evidence yeah help them set up their own task force before it happened what was the reply they got that type of stuff doesn't happen here in concord and they were like, well, this type of stuff didn't happen in Sacramento until these dairy rapists showed up. You're on the if road. he's moving You're down. You're on the ring road, buddy. They're like, he's moving towards LA because there's heat on him. He's going to attack here on the way. And they're like, no, nah, that just doesn't happen here. <laughs> that would... That's fucking demented. No, I'm not quoting them verbatim, but that's... Sure, yeah, but That's I mean... the gist of what they said. They were just like, this is a small, this is a quiet city. We've got a lot of police. This stuff just doesn't happen here. Forearmed is forewarned. Like, you got to fucking people are recommending some shit to you you gotta listen right yeah so surprise surprise the first assault happened within a month (laughs) (laughs) yeah on the 7th of october there was a woman attacked in her home and a week later there was another uh woman attacked both in concord uh they were as far as i know they were actually the only two in concord yeah but still two's two people too too much yeah. yeah And um, then it was all it was all kind of over by the summer nineteen seventy nine. Like the Manchiori thing was the nail in the coffin for the East Area rapist, as he was known. Yeah, yeah. And then we started to spread our yeah spread our our kind of circle a bit. He was wider moving kind of guy. quickly now, but yeah. yeah, he would he would be promoted, I guess, or or transitioned into what would then be known as the original Night Stalker. Now most people know the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, who is. Uh, an allegedly LSD fueled uh, uh, rampager who would climb into people's bedroom windows and uh, proceed to brutally murder everybody in the whole house. And, and there wasn't a, a lot of rape and stuff, but it was basically just like, I'm going to terrorize your yeah. your family and, and you know cut off ears and shit and then bludgeon you all to death. 
Um, but he committed his crimes in 1984 and 1985. But the original Night Stalker is then this this alter ego of the East Area Rapist, the, the next evolution of this guy who was breaking into local houses, you know, raping people in, in the next housing estate over in his uh, little suburb. And these murders and rapes were committed with the similar MO, the night the original Night Stalker up the game, he was raping and then murdering. And uh d- these similar methods like were kind of connected together because of similar technique, but unrelated because of location. Mm. So it was way further south in the state of California and people were like, Yeah, it must be a totally different guy until someone was like, um, they do shit exactly the same way down to how they warn the victims and yeah. what they tie them up with and all like, come on, lads, let's put two and two together. So the East Area Rapist operated in Sacramento, committing more than half the rapes in one suburban town only, uh, which is amazing that he didn't get caught. So with areas located on this giant highway loop uh, like Stockton, uh, Davis and Modesto, no one suspected that this uh, original Night Stalker would be the East Area Rapist after these attacks. And... After 1979 and the Maggiore incident, there was enough time left between to think, yeah, this guy has stopped, or what the police would imagine, yeah, he's probably he's probably after getting caught for some other crime and now he's in prison and there's a long enough time to go like, yeah, he was probably doing that shit someplace else and now he's got caught and he's he's not ever going to be back ever. Yeah, Which yeah. is, an, uh, you know, uh, because they hadn't got that database, it was a natural assumption to make, right? Did yeah. You could imagine like if yeah. he's a, if he's a lad doing multiple rapes he or, or attacks or whatever, he just got caught one time and he couldn't pin it. It wasn't like, the, the, you know, the wet bandits leaving the, <laughs> leaving the sink all full of water. So now in Southern California, near October 79, in this town called Goleta, uh, a woman was tied up in a similar series of East Area Rapist event kind of carry on took place. He uh, he chanted into the kitchen, I kill her, I kill her, I kill her, I kill her, will I kill her, I kill her, will I, I will, I will, I kill her, I kill her. Uh, and he was pondering over his crimes, talking to himself as the woman freed herself and escaped. Uh, and then this would-be killer jumped out and escaped on a bike again. Again, what the On a bike. bike. So police... He's cycling all the way to yeah, fucking Southern California. Cycling 400 miles. So police in documentaries uh, that I was watching said that uh, they had no idea that this could be the East Area Rapist in a different area. And it was reported as the Night Stalker. But when reports were, were dug up from the, uh, the Goleta police records of similar crimes from all the way through 1978 and 79, they knew that he was hanging around Southern California the whole time. And this guy, while he was doing stuff up in Sacramento, was also in Southern California. And these similar crimes were being committed, but not attached to the East Area mm. Rapist crimes. So there was a whole bunch of other crimes being committed yeah, yeah. in places like Modesto and, and in Southern California. That weren't being attached to this East Area Rapist guy or the original Night Stalker because they weren't done with such frequency that it became like a serial killer case. So there could be dozens more that this lad has covered yeah, before. Yeah. Do you know? Like way more, right back into the mid seventies. So they they dug up all of these things and it showed that, you know, he was doing he was doing more than just um East Area Rapist carry on. He was also known as the Diamond Knot Killer in the Goleta area because he used to tie up victims with this Chinese type knot known as the Diamond Knot. Uh, in ripped up bed sheets, ripped up towels, ripped up t-shirts, and he uh, he tied up Cherry Domingo and Greg Sanchez with this diamond knot carry on, but none after Greg Sanchez decided to put up a serious fight, and uh, they kind of bet the shit out of each other, and then the the the, the original Night Stalker like putting down really badly, yeah. and then ended up raping his missus and killing Greg, but it was a uh, 
it was a it was a you know a valiant effort to save himself yeah, and yeah. it was noted like in in the the area that it was a, a a serious altercation happened between them you know yeah yeah so the east area's uh, rapist name was changed to the original night stalker uh, after the the richard ramirez crimes he was the night stalker up until richard ramirez because he'd gone quiet uh, by the mid 80s and then ramirez got the night stalker and then they put the original moniker on the, <laughs> on the, on the, on the first guy um he went on a five-year hiatus and the last original night stalker uh, murder was on an 18 year old girl in irvine california in may 1986 after after ramirez had been convicted like that's a lot of time between 1979 and 1986 to be just out roaming around committing like you know a dozen murders mm. and so he has 12 on the books as the original night stalker yeah 12 deaths so that's like seven attacks and and some single and then some couples like that's a lot of people over a long period of time not as frequent as say when he was the east area rapist because he was just hopping on neighbors and he knew exactly what was going yeah, on yeah. but this is next level stuff this is like time people up torturing him psychologically as well yeah. but but the stories weren't as salacious because you didn't have victims testimonies then you know and is it um <laughs> because like once he starts killing people yeah. it's not as frequent as when he's just attacking yes do you think a lot of that is like he's getting a lot more gratification from killing them that he doesn't need to go out and do it as much no i think and i'm going to spoil it a bit because it makes sense to say it this way i had it ready to say at the end i think it's because he was a former policeman and he knew exactly how the police operate and the fact that he was doing killings meant that there was like fbi it was also in the 80s so that the the dna technology was getting better and better and he was fully aware of all of that stuff even though he was let go from the police force in 1979 yeah and you can see how the east area rapist attacks ended in 1979 because he was part of the sacramento police department yeah so when he when he was fired from the cops he knew i don't have the inside scoop on what's going on in the local area i'm gonna have to go further afield and not be as frequent because he could be as frequent and he could be as brave and have as much you know bravado in his uh in his attacks and as much hubris in his approach. Yeah, yeah. Because he knew when he went into work on Monday, he'd know exactly what the police knew or didn't know. So he could get away with it. Yeah, yeah. Which would explain why he he could no longer leave people alive. Yeah, this is the thing. He couldn't leave them alive because he wasn't able to control the flow of information. Yeah, he didn't yeah. know what they knew and didn't know. So they never actually really taught about that. But yeah. that's, a, that's a very good point. That's the thing. So he got fired in 1979. And I wanted to keep that for like a nice yeah. reveal at the end, but it makes more sense to say it now. Like this is this this change from the EAR into the into the original Night Stalker means a change in location, a change in operation, change in in, in you know motive. Um, even though they were still random, was because he didn't have the security of the knowledge or the infrastructure of the police department to rely on. He was fired in 1979, so now he's like a regular citizen. So he just has to yeah end yeah. lives, you know. Because yeah, he, can't, he can't leave him alive to leave any... Maybe they saw his face. Maybe they saw... They have some other kind of weird evidence, you know? Yeah. It's a very... Yeah, it's a very good point. I just hadn't even thought of it. Well, this is the crack. So, th- some of these... Some of these... Uh, yeah, I've origi- got Original Night Stalker cases. Just tip off some of them. Just the one of the... Some of the most... I yeah. guess, famous Well, ones. you'd kind of covered some. I had just written yeah. down more to remind me. Because, um, yeah, well, like we said before, they're all kind of the same. Yeah, in couples... Got the woman to tie the man's hands at the back. Then he retied them. 
then he'd do the stuff with the plates and knives and forks and it was all like if they were fucking reading each other's reports like you're going this is the same dude man yeah do you know what I mean like it's the same fucking guy like there is um one uh, of his murders that I find particularly just sad I can't remember her name now but there was a woman who um and it was during he had haunted his spree for a while in this area but uh she was home alone because her husband had uh been in hospital with an infection oh for fuck's sake and uh she suffered from anxiety Mm. so she used to sleep in a sleeping bag because like she just felt safer in it which already i'm like oh don't let anything happen to this person that's like that's already like pre-packed pre-packaged victim yeah when she was when she knew the husband was going to be in hospital her father offered to stay with her and she declined didn't want to make a fuss then that morning the morning of the attack he even rang her to suggest she borrow his german shepherd again she declined and yes, yeah, she ends up being a, a one of the. I think she's he's towards the end. She's one of the last victims of the East area, or as the original the, Light Stalker. Yeah, can't Fuck. keep up with his name. Something <laughs> yeah. about that just made me so sad reading that that like she was already in like a vulnerable state, and then and this sure fucking happens to her. That's part of the reason of being chosen by a victim. That's and that's what the media would have you believe is like: don't be a victim, don't dress like a victim, don't act like somebody who might possibly could be raped you're like how can you fucking prevent that yeah. shit like yeah you know how can you tell a woman not to dress as provocatively because if you do you might get raped like that is well you can't i mean some a lot of people do but <laughs> yeah but also i mean some people do tell them honest, not that some people do dress <laughs> common sense would say like yeah that's true do that don't dress like a slut and you won't get treated like a slut but also why are they not telling men just as much to be like, don't be raping? I'm getting into patriarchy talk now, but like, it just seems... Yeah, well, like, to to put in another term, like, does that mean if, if dressing slutty, as they say, is like opening yourself up to rape, does that mean if you walk through town with like a, a laptop bag, you're just asking to be robbed? Kind of. You, you, t- you don't think... Well, it's like, a fine I, thing to do to walk through town with a laptop bag. I've spent an awful lot of time researching and, and putting all this stuff together to get a, a, a set of gear for the TCG TV uh, <laughs> documentary project, which you can find out the details of at gofundme.com slash TCG TV, where I'm going to America to make some documentaries. And I don't want to be fucking rolling around with a bag that just oh, screams, of course not. Yeah. this is full of camera gear and laptops. And the companies who create those bags are creating them to be low profile and not have yeah, a big yeah. giant camera bag or low pro, you know, such and such a thing with bits hanging off it and stuff that screams like, you know, I'm a fucking, <laughs> I'm a dude ready to be robbed. I can't run yeah, away. No, I, I definitely like, would be the same. Of course. So but you s- have to be extra vigilant. And I don't know what it's like. Like we had uh, uh, Julie J and Emma Dorn on here talking about Ted Bundy. And I got a, a, a great insight into, into figuring out like what it's like to be just a woman walking around, to be like afraid yeah. all the time about some shit, that some shit could happen all the time because there's men all around you and at any moment one of them could just decide to just do stuff and there's not a whole lot you could do about it really. Yeah, yeah. you should definitely take go to extra lengths to protect yourself. My point was more, I've never heard of somebody being assaulted because somebody, some scumbag wanted to rob their iPhone and people going, oh, well, you were asking for it for having an iPhone. I've never heard that statement, you know? To be honest, I've had my iPhone stolen from me once. 
and I was on a tram and I was standing by the doors and I had headphones on and I wasn't paying attention to my surroundings and I had it in my hand and as the doors were closing, I fell through his hand in and yanked it out of my hand and ran off up the street. Now, being the reactionary type that I am, I jumped over, I forced the doors of the tram open and I started running after him and I'm like, as I'm running at full belt, I'm like, I did not know I could do this. <laughs> and I ended up catching up with one of the nice. two. One ran away with the phone and I ended up being in front of the other lad uh, going like, what the fuck are you doing? Call your mate and get him back here. Like, and I ended up getting into a conversation basically where I was just going like, you know, you're letting him rob phones. Are you, you fucking dope? And then you, you have to hang around. Like I, if I'm a dickhead, I could be baiting the head off you. Because you're part of a fucking ro- phone robbing c- couple. I could be ringing the guards <laughs> now. Do you know what I mean? You're in, a, you're in a gang of phone robbers now. And he just, on the impulse, robbed the phone. Yeah. So you hadn't planned to do that? No. So your mate just robbed the phone and then said to you, run. And then you had to run. And then he said, wait behind while the fella catches up with me and I run off with the phone. Yeah. I could be kicking the shit out of you right now, man. Go on then. I'm not going to because I'm not that dude. But like, I had my phone in my hand. I wasn't paying attention. Someone stole it. That's kind of on me for not paying attention. Maybe, but if you were assaulted for it, I, I wouldn't be like, well, you're asking for that. Well, there's loads of people. Like, if you're, if you're not paying attention in the place that you should be, do you know what I mean? Like, if you're in, if you're sure in, New, do, if, if you're in New York, walking around in the fucking sidewalks are slammed. Yeah. And you have your iPhone in your arse pocket. You're a dope. Yeah. You're asking certainly. for it to be taken off yeah. you. But someone I'm more, Now, I'm talking, you're to keep, we're talking about like though somebody just swiping a fo- phone i'm specifically talking about people being assaulted okay. for their items like how about in india which is closer have, to comparing it in to, india they have a whole separate section on the train for women to ride the train because there's so many people in india that they all jam into the train yeah and if there's any women in the men's carriage they're getting raped yeah hands down like yeah, metaphorically yeah, yeah. and literally absolutely getting raped on it yeah because it's like part of that thing if you're if you're stuck there no one's gonna say anything about it no one will know it's you yeah, know? yeah that's that's so they make a separate part of the train to make women go in there because they know what's going to happen like don't be in the place in the train with the men because you're going to get raped because that's the way things go do you know don't yeah, be yeah. don't be walking around new york or or south side chicago or you know downtown LA looking like a fucking tourist going oh my god everything and then someone comes over and goes give me your money and you're like okay I look like a fucking tourist and then you say no yeah and then (laughs) you get shot yeah and then are you asking for that that's my point it's like once it becomes violent like are you asking to be shot like can't walk around shooting people yeah I get what you're saying but at the same time like there is a personal responsibility I know sexual assault no one's asking for that and they're not I'm arguing the point like against my own <laughs> judgment but I'm saying like when people are getting when the, when the press and the police are giving advice kind of pedantic kind of you know like uh, it is certainly condescending sudden. advice to women like don't be dressing provocatively because there's a lot of their raping people and you don't want them to get any ideas yeah like that what? is bullshit do you know it's kind of bullshit that you'd have to act like that everyone should be able to live in a free society but if you live in Sacramento and there's a lad going around raping a lot of people, try not drawing <laughs> attention to yourself so you don't get raped. Because as we saw with the fucking town hall thing, lad stands up and goes, let him come at me. Come at me, bro. You'd never get into my house and fucking rape my wife. Cut to that night. He's crying with a lot of fucking yeah. pl- plates and knives and forks and spoons on his back as his missus gets gets the fucking rod in the next room against her will. 
Like, that's what you get when you fuck with the Night Stalker. Like, he'll come to your fucking house mm. and teach you a lesson. So when they're saying, if this guy is so inclined, his motivation is, like, pride and, and public facing and he's proven points, don't challenge him because you'll be next, like. Yeah, and yeah. then a lad challenges him and then he is next. So I'm saying, when you're going to a girl and she's out at night in a nightclub and you're like, look, if you dress provocatively, you're you're basically asking for sexual assault. That's not cool. The blanketed, like, shaming of, of women's sexuality in the 70s wasn't a good thing. But if you live in Sacramento <laughs> and they're saying there's a dude out there and he'll fucking follow you home and rape you, probably don't draw attention to yourself. That's good advice and you should take it. Yeah. But then I also think, just in regards to the sexual case, that is just something they were making up because there's no evidence to suggest that he was... That was his motivation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There is just, like, they were like, well, this must be his motivation because why else would it... It's a sexual crime. He must be looking for yeah, someone. Yeah, yeah. But it was that attitude that they, it wasn't... Like, they weren't thinking about the psychology. There was a lot of they, failings. They, it the wasn't about, scenario. like, yeah. just having power over somebody. The whole scenario was... And, and rape usually is that, but yeah, yeah. It most probably it's someone that you know and it's, you know a forced situation and it's a whole different podcast and a whole different conversation but like yeah if you're in sacramento in 1977 and the news tells you not to wear a low-cut top because you don't want to draw the eye of someone who's a potential rapist i'm saying like that's not a time for Jermaine greer to start banging on our fucking feminist drum and going like we should wear what we want it's like shut the fuck up keep your fucking head down and just, just don't wear the burqa and be quiet not, yeah just don't get just try not to get raped like yeah and buy a gun and just get ready well i mean that's it even if you if you didn't like it you'd be like just but you'd have to bite your tongue bite and just tongue do it and don't get raped yeah is the thing and at this point it's don't get bludgeoned to that yeah but now i think because it's such a pervasive act and people are doing it and consent is such a muddy thing and we talked about it in our culture of marxism episode like it's such a, a muddy murky concept that women all over can be faced with this dilemma at any point in any kind of a physical relationship or any any relationship with with a man mm. in work outside of work there's all of these like blurred lines between consensual contact or consensual conduct and not consensual conduct like now because it's so sensitive it's the antithesis of 1977 america this is like don't even joke about it because you're making somebody feel uncomfortable yeah, they yeah. don't want to women don't want to have to be on edge at all times because you might do a rape mm. but at the same time they're telling all men you're a potential rapist and that's a bad precedent because you're putting it into the like control yourself men and it's kind of come full circle where they're now saying to to men instead of saying to women don't dress provocatively they're saying to men don't ever say anything ever that makes a woman uncomfortable because she might think that the next step for you is rape so maybe it's like a a kind of a springboard effect where yeah, in 77 yeah. they gave zero fucks about a lad who had like done 120 burglaries <laughs> then done 51 rapes then moved on to murders as well as doing the rapes and they still hadn't got any idea of how to catch him, who he was, where he was going to strike next. Now, if someone goes like, oh, that's a nice dress, you're on Twitter and you're getting all of your Facebooks and everything switched off and you lose your job because a bunch of people report you. Like it's the antithesis of it. it's It's now a, like a, a super cotton wool state. Whereas in 1977, it was like, ah, you'd be grand. Just don't show your tits to anybody. You know, it's the complete other end of the spectrum yeah. now. Like, do you think that'll ever balance out, or yeah, it'll just in always like, see like so? Forty years will balance out. Yeah. But you think it'll balance out? What just it just won't be 
back to the other extremity. No, I'll never get back to 77 levels, but it might calm down a bit now. Like the next generation coming up are going to be like, yeah, well, look, I'm I'm not going to be a toxic male. But I think these kind of actions and these kind of stories, this is not isolated. No, no. Do you know what I mean? These kind of things, main society have to take a good long hard look at itself. And they're trying to prevent those kind of things in the future. But now, like, there's all sorts of different crimes surrounding sexual assault. And the levels, the varying levels of seriousness are entirely blurred and and totally skewed, you know. So people can now lose their jobs from an inappropriate comment on Twitter. And you're like, "Mm, this guy did 51 rapes and nobody did anything about it. Yeah, Yeah. And now you go like nice tits on Twitter and you fucking lose your job like it's a it's a yeah yeah there's I'd there's, even a, actually, there's a level there you know in one of the videos about the golden state killer i was watching this morning just as a refresher the comments under it a lot of people were there was a lot of comments like oh shove him in prison with weinstein or whatever that Weinstein's actually a bad example because he done a lot of shit but there was comparing them to people that we've seen stuff come up about recently mm. and even though they fucked up and they done bad things you're like well hang on a second <laughs> there's a big difference between bludgeoning people to death and whatever these others done like but yeah. there is like there's no the lines are completely blurred and it's just like they're both monsters i guess yeah they both are monsters but attacking 51 people and killing 12 yeah that's a bit worse in my book that's a bit worse than pressuring a girl into sucking your knob and watching you wank into a plant so that she can get a multi-million pound contract to act in a movie it's still bad. I wouldn't like to be involved in either, to be fair. But, but yeah, it's like, still I, bad. But if I don't... He didn't kill 12 yeah. people in Rep 51. Yeah. Forcefully against their will at gunpoint or knife point. Yeah, it's the like, murder part that... Uh, but because those things are false equivalencies now, they're, it's conflated. It's like any sexual assault is, is t- like 100% abhorrent. Yeah. Those things Absolutely. get conflated now. Yeah. And it's it's too much. It's too much now. It's too much. Like, there are people doing things. There's young lads doing... Th- like, Brock uh, Turner got his appeal turned over. This Remind is the guy from a me. while ago. He was, like, the college guy who, who raped a girl. Oh, at the dumpster. At the dumpster, yeah. yeah. And, and his rich, rich dad came and went, come on, man, let's not ruin this kid's life for 20 minutes of an indiscretion. It's like, dude, you fucking raped a girl for 20 minutes at the back of a dumpster. Like, you need to go to jail because that's an awful crime. But he still almost got a chance to get away. Yeah, that's... Do you know what ridiculous. I mean? So wait, what is he... What did he get? They, they ruined his appeal now, so he's he's going to get sentenced and stuff okay, pretty soon. Right. But like, people are listening to the future going, yeah, he killed himself <laughs> in jail. Do you not know about that? <laughs> like, it could happen in the next yeah, couple of months. Yeah. But it's just... Um, <laughs> yeah, the Brock Turner case might not age well. Well, then that just shows how... Like, we're talking about like how he got away with so with mm. what he did for so long. These are your rapists I'm talking about. Yeah. But then you look at there's people nowadays who who get caught and still get away. Like, the hysteria rapist could still get away. He could. Yeah. He could. He's playing this whole thing like of, I'm in a wheelchair and I'm an old man. Yeah. But it just, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense, Johnny. It doesn't make sense like that somebody now can be picked on for such a small thing. And this guy got away with 51 rapes like 30 years ago, you know. It's not in the same scale at all. But there are laws now that support all this thing. The only thing I want to mention about the case, the, those cases before we finish, just this is one thing yeah. I found very odd. There was one couple, actually, it was the second, the second killing, I think. From the original Night Stalker. Original Night Stalker. Yeah. Now, again, it was the same as the others. 
but there was something the police found in the house that I found unusual. They found paw prints. Hmm. And it turned out the couple never owned a dog. And I think this was Keith Harrington, by the way. I, I can't remember the, which couple. But anyway, so they thought, hmm. Did Robert Offerman and Deborah Manning. That was it. That's the one. They thought, hmm, did the original Night Stalker bring a dog to the crime scene? Or did he push fake doggy paws on the bottom of his shoes? <laughs> so when he's walking around, he's leaving, he's leaving paw prints instead of shoe marks. That'd be pretty good. That's what I do. <laughs> that would certainly fuck with things. Yeah. But no, then they actually, uh, interviewing a neighbor, they claim they heard three voices talking in the driveway. So it's thought that he actually may have used the dog just as a way to uh, get into a conversation with people. That he probably took this dog from somebody's like, backyard. Like I'm walking around, the dog has to go for a piss and yeah. late at night. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't suspect anybody walking a dog. You could see a Pretending person. this was his house and then going into it. Yeah, or even just like he saw them in the driveway and let the dog off the lead. So, as, you know, most if you have a friendly dog, they'll run up to people. Yeah. So it's just an excuse to get talking to somebody if you let the dog go up to them. Yeah. Like, oh, he got away from me, sorry. And then you just have a quick chat with them. You just kind of... Ingratiate yourself. Yeah. yeah, that's fucking weird. Um, and then, and then, like, how are you getting away from that then? That's like, if you have a dog in the house, so you like going to the dog, like, don't you make a fucking noise. You're dead. <laughs> and he's like they've already cut my balls off man what more are they going to do yeah so what happened then with the rest of the Offerman guy like is he they're coming back to the house there's a dog with a knife <laughs> <laughs> it's a man in a dog mask and his fake dog paws <laughs> dog paw shoes um well yeah another nearby neighbour discovered their son's bike had been stolen that evening and uh hmm which would have been the night of the attack. Uh, and it was later found several blocks away with the same twine that was used in the case scattered around the bike. So the original Night Stalker was in the Offerman house and then escaped on a bike. On, on a child's bike. With some, with some twine. <laughs> with some twine. Left the dog. Jesus, man, for the, the bike. Where did the dog go, though? That's... Probably just home. If he picked it up out of a yard and pretended to... Yeah. Like, what reason would you have to be walking around late at night like that? Like... Oh, yeah. taking the dog. Dog's yeah, gotta, no, it's a perfect. Dog's got to take a dump. So, is there any other uh, any other like really interesting uh, night stalker case? I'm sure there's one or two whoppers. Yeah, well, on March 16th, 1980, a 33 year old Charlene Smith and 43 year old uh, Lyman Smith, who was about to be appointed as a judge, uh, were found murdered in their Ventura home. Oh shit! Yeah, and they were found actually by Lyman's son. Uh, which would be Charlene's stepson who had been staying with his mother and he was coming back to stay with the dad and came into the house to find his father and stepmother bludgeoned to death. And the house had been ransacked and he was like, shit, I wonder did they find my weed stash or whatever. <laughs> I think he was very young, but... Oh, well, oh super young kid. Like I think he was like 12 or 13. Well, oh, that's, that's shit, man. Yeah. Imagine coming back to like a Manson family yeah. scene like... Um, yeah, and when the police arrived to examine the place, they found that, uh, yeah, each room had been destroyed and it was in the master room itself that uh, the, the deed happened. It appeared from this one that they were completely unaware of anybody being in the house and were just like, attacked unexpectedly. Yeah, yeah. unexpectedly. Um, 
they were eventually bound and the, the same thing that happened in all the other cases, but it sounds like he snuck up and bludgeoned them. That's fucking shit, man. So it's like a next escalation. And he did the whole thing of like, you tie him and then I tie him and then he raped Iran and... Uh, yeah, well, I think he, he I think the, in this case, the husband was almost dead while he was doing what yeah. he does, yeah. uh, which is pretty bleak. Uh, he would use the wooden log taken from the fireplace. Right, that's the one you see him. with the, the, the scenes of the blood on the, on yeah, the mattress and all yeah. that stuff in the documentaries. Yeah, that was a, a particularly brutal but That really murder. makes it sound like he was just, he came into the house and just grabbed that. The first thing. His, and yeah. Yeah, they became sort of unplanned and a bit sketchy as it went along. Like the first few were very planned. And yeah. these these, these uh, original Night Stalker killings were seemed like, you know, crimes of passion. Like the, the the journey from Citrus Heights all the way down to, you know, Southern California yeah, yeah, yeah. ended up like he was raging all the way down the car. And by the time he got there, he's just like, Rah, give me that log. Fuck your face. Like, yeah, well, what he could probably afford to make this one a sort of a quick snap job because what investigators noticed after was that the Smith's home was almost identical in layout to the Offerman home. He knew the crack, so yeah, he just knew that it was just it was the same building essentially, just in another area. I think that's what he saw that house and he went, "I'm going to do like a cover version of the other one." <laughs> He's just like, "I know that house. Yeah, this is going to yeah. be easy." Yeah, he could um, do surveillance on one and be able to get two for one or whatever. Yeah. Is there any other ones then? Any other? There's there's one particularly brutal one. Uh, yeah, well, it's hard to to know which ones you you mean. I find yeah. them all particularly horrendous. <laughs> yeah. The original Night Stalker got serious. Like it, it was a massive escalation from what he was doing in Sacramento. Um, but there was a a, a murder in uh, in August in the Harrington home. Right. That was rough. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So the Harringtons they they were found bludgeoned to death. No, in the home they were living in in a gated community and it was a home their father it was actually it was the keith the son's father's home mm. but he was lending it to them guess they were well off he had another place yeah here's and, a here's a here's a home in a gated community in southern california yeah, yeah. for now um, and so they'd been living there for about a month and one morning or one afternoon evening he was meant to be meeting them for lunch and they never showed up he gave them a call nobody answered so he thought okay I'll go check this out. And after gaining access to the home, he saw groceries still bagged on the kitchen table. And as soon as he saw that, he just thought, shit, something's wrong. Which is such a weird, I might not notice that, but I guess, yeah, if you, if somebody isn't answering their phone and hasn't put away groceries. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, the fucking ice cream is melted. Like, what's the fucking crack? Um, I'd bludgeon somebody to death over there. (laughs) All the chicken breasts are after unfreezing in the bag. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, it seems it seems these subtle little things were noticed yeah. by family, but not by police, you know. But, um, yeah, so he he searched the house, couldn't find them. They weren't in their room. Uh, the last room to check was the guest bedroom. You wouldn't expect to find them there, I guess. And, uh, yeah, that's where he found his, his son and daughter completely... Tied up, hogtied. Hogtied. Thing. Did this differed a little in that uh, they were covered in... They were lying face down on the bed and covered in a sheet. Yeah. Uh, so before he killed them, he had covered them to stop blood spatter or whatever, and then proceeded to, to bludgeon them. But it seems like, you know, all the murder stuff that we know, it's like the murderer will commit a spree cr- crime, serial killing, and each murder will be almost identical because that's how he knows how to do it. Like this lad was fucking, this was murder jazz. Like this lad yeah. was doing, every one of them was different. 
what, from whatever happened, like every time was something different than he yeah, was just that's... improvising and some shit was going on. And the more violent they got, the more improvisation was necessary. Yeah, yeah. There is a bit of like he was learning new techniques. Yeah. But, but he, he always had some of the hallmarks of stuff yeah. from back since he was the the, the, shoe, the shoelace like, ties and all this yeah stuff, yeah. yeah and then he stopped for a little while in southern california and uh there was like a, a whole year nearly of a gap until 1981 and we we had uh had poor el manuela yeah yeah we mentioned this we yeah um just a, a sad case that she 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 was found in her fleeting bag yeah yeah i love her um, and then a whole big another break then until 1986. So there was nearly five years of a gap yeah. between attacks. And we had then the, I guess, the second Night Stalker. He didn't really like that. But uh, Ramirez was the second Night Stalker in 84 and 85. And not to be outdone then, the original Night <laughs> the Stalker came back for, for one one last, uh, like when hell freezes over, comeback concert. And ended up do, doing one more El Murder. But it just seemed that, like, the the gravity, the violence, the widespread location relative to the previous local localized murders and rapes, it seemed that he was out to prove something. It was out to show everyone what could be done. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, I mean, there were a bunch of other murders all over the country that were done in a different way to, as to not yeah do you know a load of other unsolved crimes in surrounding areas I've, like new mexico arizona yeah. like around california that were done where he was like on tour or whatever and managed to do some that didn't involve shoelaces or didn't there were just like crimes of passion you just jump out and do some shit straight up yeah i wouldn't put it past this guy no i fully expect her to be more revelations about what he may have during the court case yeah yeah this is the thing well one part of this investigation that i thought was very pertinent and and like quite um i guess beneficial to uh, you know uh, law and order and, and security um being able to secure proper criminal convictions and using science as a as a forensic science as a real way to capture these evil motherfuckers yeah yeah know? Uh, there was a thing that was uh, signed into law called Prop 69, which is, you know, some people say is maybe a violation um, for someone who has completed their sentence. But Prop 69 in California seeks to get the DNA of convicted criminals to cross-reference their DNA against crimes that remain unsolved in the system and stop this long-term shelving of, you know, long-term crimes, like uh, crimes that may have reached their statute of limitations and stuff mm. like that but they still want to be able to t- tie these people up and, and, and close those cases and the golden state killers case golden state killer being the name that michelle mcnamara discovered in her investigations all through the late 2000s uh, and tying these similar um motivated and executed crimes together it seems that the original night stalker and the east area rapist are one and the same person and in this particular case it 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 may not have worked mm. this prop 69 because the killer was a cop at the time but if the suspicion was correct and the killer stopped in 1979 because he was apprehended for a separate crime altogether then they wouldn't have been able to look back all through the 70s and go yeah this lad who was a criminal like say for example he commits a crime when he's 18 when the night stalker the original night stalker is 18 he's in sacramento he commits a crime and then they find some dna at the 
50 rapes and 12 murders between then and 1981. Yeah. They're able to look at his criminal profile from when he's 18, from like the third rape, and go, we have this guy on file, here's this guy's DNA, it's recognised with this crime, he has previous for a similar crime, let's go and lift this guy. And it's forensic science evidence, and he's lifted, and the other 48 rapes and 12 murders didn't need to happen. Hmm. But D'Angelo, or the, the original Ice Stalker, he wanted police to think that maybe the East Area Rapist had disappeared in 1979 because he'd been arrested and put back into the system, and that's why all the crimes stopped in that area. But Prop 69 ceased to to try and stop these kind of oversights and these kind of, you know, criminal cracks that cases may slip through. Uh, it also gives rapid DNA recovery service for sexual crimes. So in the original case of the East Area Rapist, there was a DNA retrieval method that was used to procure fingerprints from the skin of victims and corpses at the time. Uh, you know, in the 70s, there wasn't that fantastic of a yeah. forensic science. Uh, it was only accurate for about 30 minutes after the incident and involved this iodine and magnetic powder using gelatin foil to lift the print off skin so uh, women that were raped by the east area rapist he was grabbing their wrists or he had put, put his hand on their face so the, the the investigator would go in and put the blow the iodine stuff and put it on her face and put the magnetic powder and put the gelatin thing and lift the fingerprint and try and get it off her skin mm -hmm. before the natural oils would sweat through and take the, the print away and this was all they had like this was pioneering in law enforcement at the time and it was used first in the case of the East Area Rapist but it wasn't really they didn't have this fucking guy's fingerprints on file and if they did he could be from another state or another county yeah, and, yeah, it, yeah. and it wouldn't have done any good because the stuff wasn't computerized you know so now Prop 69 seems to retrieve samples and to make sure that these are kept properly intact and registered in this huge database of criminals since with uh, Michelle McNamara and the, the, the refocused efforts in 2016 on this case. They're taking DNA evidence that was collected back in 1977 and 1978 that was properly you know, uh, preserved and matching it with stuff that now we have from... Uh, uh, James Joseph D'Angelo's family, yeah, uh, using using services like Ancestry.com and Twenty Three and Me, as was predicted by Michelle McNamara back in two thousand fifteen and sixteen, like they were able to take DNA yeah. using modern methods from an old preserved uh, sample and totally fucking get this guy. Yeah, like. they found like a third cousin. Yeah, on and then some were, genealogy website. They were just able to, to work their way back to whoever yeah. they thought it was going to be. So now this huge database of, uh, you know, potential criminals and, and perpetrators of crimes, like these guys who have been convicted for crimes already. Like, if you're a sex criminal, you're already on a list. If they find your DNA next near or, or anywhere close to another sex crime, mm. like, you're getting lifted again. That's oh, it. for sure. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That is it. Just don't be coming in random places. Make sure you dispose of your your uh, uh, sperm catching equipment in a in a responsible manner. Don't get let anyone get your hands on it. Or the next thing, they just sprinkle your fucking dick crust on on some crime scene, and you're going back to the slammer. You know what I mean? But it's like now you don't even need the criminal database when you can just check ancestry.com yeah, yeah. for like it's like well yeah. eventually everybody's dna profile is yeah it's mad yeah. and you can't stop that because you know if you want to put your dna on ancestry.com all my family's yeah DNA yeah. are pretty much on it then yeah, yeah yeah but and it's your dna they can't stop you from doing it but yeah. it's also the family so it's just an interest in the, the legality of that one it's like well no, it's perfectly legal 
Yeah, I see. I saw like some of my relatives have put up stuff on Andrewsy.com. There's the whole thing there, and I'm like, so you're on it. Oh, I don't know if I want to be on it, <laughs> but. From Although I think book, there's an option when you go on those sites, there's an option for them not to, you pay to have them keep it. So as you can find distant relatives. Maybe. But who knows where I it guess. actually goes. Maybe, anyway. Maybe we're, maybe I'm descended to Jesus like the Merovingians. I don't know. Look up Rochefort in the Merovingian families. Let's see what happens. So um, from the book that we talked about from uh, uh, the, the now late uh, Michelle McNamara, uh, I'll be gone in the dark. Uh, the Golden State Killer was eventually identified and apprehended. So, like, this this story does have an ending. It's not a mystery as it would have been if we had done this show... Three months maybe ago. Maybe three or four months ago. Yeah. Like, I've had this on the list for a couple of years. You know, I have 200 other true crime cases that we're going to get through over the next couple of years. And Johnny was like, I want to do this case. They're like, okay. And we decided on that maybe two months ago, just after it had been announced maybe yeah or well, i think that, before was it? i've had that on a list since like 2014 yeah he probably wasn't even called the golden state killer no. when you first he was probably still the original, yeah, night, the stalker. original night stalker and then i had ramirez for the for the actual night stalker so it's like you know these cases are out there i'm going through other databases and other you know podcasts and youtube channels and looking at what interesting cases that i'd like to talk about this is fucked up man this is like this woman almost single-handedly brought back the attention to this case, to this guy. Mm. They went out. She she died in April 2016. The case was 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 brought out. Pat Oswald, a very very famous comedian, is her husband. He came out with this thing going, "Look, she has a half finished book or three quarters finished book. Let's finish the book. Let's try and complete her life's work and find this motherfucker." And from DNA evidence and historical documentation, the police were able to put their hands on. Uh, James Joseph D'Angelo in in April uh, 2018 almost two years to the day to the anniversary of Michelle McNamara's death and the DNA that linked the East Area Rapist and the original Night Stalker came together in this case and now we know it as the Golden State Killer which is the moniker given to the case by by Michelle herself so D'Angelo worked as a police officer as we already said and he was stationed in the Sacramento area during the time of the East Area Rapist attacks and he was fired from the force in 1979 for stealing a can of dog repellent and a hammer from a convenience store in Sacramento. Can you believe that shit? Yeah. Stole I can hammer. see why he had to steal he, them. Yeah, because, because he's using them as murder weapons. But, like, yeah, if anybody comes to a tale dog repellent and a hammer, I'm like, yeah. are you the stereo rapist? Balaclava, bag of already cut ropes, um, you know, of yeah. course. Like, So, D'Angelo, like, uh, uh, he's a police officer he had uh you know he knew everything about all these cases he was working in the sacramento area as a police officer and as a murderer and a rapist um so he was able to get all the inside information into these cases and he knew when they were looking for him or when they were hotter hotter colder colder he knew the crack yeah, yeah he knew well the crack and that's why he was able to comfortably hit 51 uh, uh victims but in 1979 as soon as he got the sack for doing fucking stupid shit then he became the original Night Stalker, yeah. going far and abroad to try and, uh, you know, stay away from his local area. And he was ending lives so that they couldn't give witness against him, that he wouldn't be able to control what they saw or didn't see. He's just like, you have to die now. Yeah. yeah. Do you know? So maybe the worst thing in the world was firing him as a cop. That if they had kept him in the police force, that he would have kept on committing murders or committing rapes in the uh, Sacramento area and eventually slipped up and got caught. Yeah. 
But you see, I think he was escalating. He was always escalating, and I think he was getting to murder anyway. I think yeah. once he killed that couple walking their dog, even though it was a necessary sort of yeah. murder. And that weekend, he's probably imagine like what a weekend! I just got caught stalking somebody's house by a couple. I had to kill them, and I got fired from a job. <laughs> But yeah. my new shoes with the dog paw soles have just arrived, so that's a good thing. Because you got to remember that you're still not definite if he's if he was the ransacker, but he killed then too. You know, yeah. he ki- and it, it was killed out of necessity, kind yeah. of to protect himself. But uh, yeah, yeah I, mean, I think he was always going that route. He just might not have got there so quickly, maybe. But then, yeah, but it's, the, it's the, the escalation into like the original Night Stalker, like you said. Um, the Maggiore killings was the end of the East Area Rapist and the first killing from the uh, the original Night Stalker being the Domingo Sanchez uh, killings when um, Greg Sanchez was fighting back with him and whatever and it was like you tie her up and doing all the whole stuff like when they were dead and all, everything was done apparently he wanked over both of the dead bodies and spilled his seed Oh, I didn't actually know that. Yeah, he wanked over the dead bodies because it wasn't a rape. It turned into like a double murder. Yeah. And there was no rape. There was no actual rape of, of um, uh, Cherry Domingo. He just like had a wank over them. And uh, they got the sample from that murder case. And that was very well preserved. And it was able to be matched to something then from the mm. uh, East Area Rapist. And then in Orange County, the the, the final murder that he did in 1986 of Janelle Cruz... There was samples taken from that. Yeah, so it was I knew like that a five one. a five year gap to match those things in. So they were able to say like after a five year gap, he he raped and, and murdered Janelle Cruz, who was eighteen, uh, and then all these Sacramento things, like all of those things, were able to be tied together with these modern DNA, um, hmm. kind of methods, right? So James Joseph D'Angelo lived his whole life in Citrus Heights in Sacramento, which was a stone's throw away from the two dozen or so uh, original uh, East Area uh, rapist attacks. Like they were literally in his estate. And up the road from his estate, like a bike yeah. journey away. Uh, it was some real, like, local, long game spy reconnaissance shit. And he also had an apartment then full of trophies, like we said, from the victims. Heart-shaped pendants, cufflinks that had, like, necklaces, uh, some items of clothing, some knickers, this kind of stuff. They were to- taken both at the times of the crime and before and after rapes had been committed. So he was he, going to the house. He bef- went back yeah. to steal a trophy. Yeah. He's he like, was, oh shit, I, didn't, I don't have anything I don't have to remember that. this. He went by. before, wow. like you said, moving stuff around. Then he went back to commit the actual crime. And then after the crime, he wasn't just doing prank calls. He was going back to be like breaking into the house, stealing the thing and going off again going, yeah, we did that shit. I'm surprised. Thank God it never happened. But hearing that, I'm surprised he didn't attack the same person twice. That he didn't. It never happened, but can you imagine? Okay. if he came back to do it again it's 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 bananas to think about like one woman imagine this one woman found tied shoelaces in her kitchen that were that were identical to what the east the east area rapist would put in so she was like cleaning her kitchen and she found a set of these shoelaces as if he was in the house already and he was like i'm gonna rape her i would do that and i catch her here and I bring her oh, so this is door. a former victim who found no, this no, was a woman who ended up not being a victim. Oh, okay, sorry. But she found shoelaces in her kitchen. Like, so she was at he. A she was meant to be. A, yeah. yeah, he was and leaving no, his gear in there. Exactly. And there another, was a lot of people like that where they'd find kits under their window yes. and stuff. Yeah, one woman was doing the the hoovering, and she lifted up, uh, she lifted up a cushion on the sofa, and she found like knotted ropes 
that were done in the diamond knot that was she was he, he was ready getting to ready go, like, yeah so he'd wow. like get into the sitting room and he'd lift up the cushion and there'd be a rope there already and he's like yeah. nah you didn't think I had that did you that was the same a lot of people would find checked her gun before going to bed and see that the bullets were gone yeah he was and doing then, that shit because like there was one ter- I can't remember which attack it was but like there was one where the husband actually got the gun out and pulled the trigger and there was no bullets in yeah, it. Yeah. Can you imagine how satisfying that would be as a murderer? Pl- as a rapist, you'd be just like, brilliant. I'm a genius. Yeah, and the worst part for the victim is, because this was just a tie with them, when the police arrived and they were looking for the place, they found the bullets for the gun were left under the husband's pillow. Ah. Oh. So they were left there. He knew they'd find them after and just to let them know he got in there. Or they were under the bed, act. the gun was under the pillow, but he took the bullets out. He got in there that day, took the bullets out, left the bullets under the bed, and what the gun back under the pillow. What a sickener. Can you imagine, see, like... You'd be raging. Yeah. You'd be, actually be fuming. But, and then there'd be people that would just find, before going to bed, would see the bullets and be like, what the hell? Yeah. And But that's the thing, like, he, he had spread out his potential so far into the community. Like, he had been into every house probably in the in, in all the estates it seems like it like he seems had the like, key to the city and yeah. he could just enter wherever he liked that's what he did at night time he was just like couldn't sleep and he was just out in other people's houses fucking with them leaving stuff there finding like east area rapist kits i i fucking in loads of places yeah I, like yeah, that's it's, bananas it's that's crazy. bananas that it was allowed to happen for so long and nobody did anything about it but like you said as the ransacker he did 120 little crimes yeah 120 breaking and entering or 120 trespassing at the yeah. very least. Testing. Testing. Taking stuff. Leave, moving stuff. Leaving stuff back. Will they notice? I don't know. Taking little trophies. Like, that's how it starts, man. So, there's a letter at the end of Michelle McNamara's book called uh, Letter to an Old Man. And it was chillingly accurate, if you want to read it. It's a, it's a long letter. But it, fulf- it fulfilled its prophecy uh, two years after her death. Uh, it was plastered all over the media when... Uh, D'Angelo was captured and it totally rings true and there was a small extract that was read by Pat Oswalt on uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers uh, the entire thing is like a pretty uh, grim read it's real and it's definitely worth a look if you uh, if you're interested in this case and I'll just read a bit from it now uh, one day soon you'll hear a car pull up to your curb an engine cut out you'll hear footsteps coming up your front walk like they did for Edward Wayne Edwards 29 years after he killed Timothy Hack and Kelly Drew in Sullivan, Wisconsin. Like they did for Kenneth Lee Hicks 30 years after he killed Laura Billingsley in Aloha, Oregon. The doorbell rings. No side gates are left open. You're long past leaping over a fence. Take one of your hyper-gulping breaths and clench your teeth, inch timidly towards the insistent bell. This is how it ends for you. You'll be silent forever and I'll be gone in the dark, you threatened the victim once. Open the door. Show us your face. Walk into the light. She died very shortly after writing that. And it was made true two years later to almost the day when that actually happened. Because the motherfucker was in his house. And they got the DNA and they call into the house and he's like, hello. He's like, come on, get into the car. That was it. Yeah. And then he's rolled into court in a fucking wheelchair and he's like, I'm an old man. And like, we don't care. You're a monster. I saw the sheriff talking about it and he said, like, he opened the door and he saw 
the police and there was a moment where he you could just see his eyes search his he was thinking about some escape he might have planned like what, what, what 30 are, years yeah, ago yeah, yeah. and then his eyes just came back and it was clear he was just like well i can't do that now that's it now well i just, i would love to know what is what that thought was what was the plan he had made probably jumping over a fence well, taking yeah. the taking the taking the breath and clenching his teeth and you know yeah where's the side gate where's the escape he hadn't sorted it he had no idea they were coming for him because it had been 30 years since he committed yeah. the crime he lived his whole life with that thing so do now you think, do you we'll think get to look and see what happens to this guy like yeah. pretty much as it happens uh hopefully he's on suicide watch now so hopefully he doesn't die before there's some kind of a commitment and hopefully he'll spill his beans and and tell of every yeah, yeah. every transgression and every every other murder that he that he committed you know and hopefully he uh it's punished to the extent the law will yeah. allow. I mean, he's seventy-two, so he's not exactly in for a life sentence. But no, I mean, but they're not taught. That there's no execution, so there's not. You know, will he get the death penalty? Do they have that in Is California that, anymore? I, th- I, I think I don't think I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I have to double check that. But yeah, um, just even to get the justice for those people, because yeah, well, there are still it, like yeah. fifty-one victims, yeah, alive, pretty much. Yeah, all of them, yeah. you know. Yeah, most of them, like a few of them would be younger than him, mm. a few older, but yeah, they're all around the same age. They've had to carry that for a long, long time. Just to clarify now, he hasn't been convicted, so I mean, some shit might come out since, and he could very well get away. We don't know. The legal system is a bit bullshit. There's some tricky stuff, like for, for yeah. the attack, the sex crimes, yeah. I think you only have a year after the DNAs. There's, there's statute of limitations on the sex crimes, but they have yeah. them up for eight murders they're charging yeah. with, and the other four are questionable but uh but probable and i mean we could get off the fence on this one but it, there's kind of there's no you don't really do them on the true crime do you well it's kind of like just like what do you think about this what do you think about that like sometimes with the true crime because it's a mystery if it's left as a mystery we're like well what do you think happened with this but like right. we've kind of talked it all out like this these are the things that happened and mm. i mean could it be possible that the visalia ransacker the east area rapist and the original light stalker are not the same person which is worse if they're all separate people or they're all the same person yeah if they're all separate people they've only got one lad for the whole crime maybe they're just doing what they do and and going yeah we've got one lad and we'll just close all these cases yeah if, but if they're all separate people you'd be like well is this a serial killer cult because they all operated the same uh wouldn't be unknown I yeah mean, there are similar do you think they're all the same person? Oh, yeah. yeah Is James think, Joseph D'Angelo same dude? Like, you could argue that the ransacker might not be, but, like, it seems very like he was. He His description that was given for him yeah. was a bit different. And the photo fit, the, the middle photo fit is kind of... The, the, the drawing of his face is totally D'Angelo, you know? Uh, what do you think, then, about how he escalated all of his crimes? Like, is that the fault of the police for firing him? Is any does any fault lie in in not being able to recognize one of their own, or maybe like not taking with full seriousness the the crimes of the ransacker, and maybe letting them evolve into the east, uh, the east side rapist, or 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 then into the original light stalker. Yeah. Like. With the ransacker, I think there's not much you can do. There's not much you can do. You can never. I think everybody would have been like. 
this guy's breaking the house stealing underwear he's going to rape somebody eventually yeah. but I don't think you can predict how far this is going to go but you can do something about 51 rapes within like 100 mile radius that you can 100 certain, mile yeah. radius like like there was stuff like that stuff I was saying about as he started to move south in the Sacramento police were trying to you know give advice to the concord department yeah and they totally went fuck off they were like that doesn't happen here and then two people were raped there. that's the hubris that's the hubris man and that's again that's two known ones like how yeah. like how many more and that's the thing okay then the last question then how many could potentially be out there that he didn't use that same mo that's not a wet bandits type situation he didn't talk to he didn't do all this stuff like between 1986 and and now he had free reign like how how do we know they didn't change it up yeah and and there's so many other well, unsolved so, murders like so many of kaczynski traveled all the way from montana to california to post those bombs yeah you know and so many of this guy's attacks were him learning like he, he yeah, was changing evolving and stuff. all the time like i can imagine that like it was he out grabbing people on the street maybe working girls and stuff that wouldn't would be less inclined to report it like he did have a history of sleeping with prostitutes like now that we know who he is yeah this guy did assuming he is the East area rapist yeah um so if a lot of the stuff that's came out about d'angelo is true yeah yeah there could have been a lot more crimes he committed do you think then last question do you think that during the, the cases this is a 72 year old man he is a monster if it is him He's a fucking evil Absolutely. monster. Do you think that he'll crack and go, look at, here's everything I actually did and do a confessional like Ted Bundy or Dahmer? Yeah, I, I think so. Do you think he will do I that? I think like from the little bits I've seen online that I assume is accurate, I don't know why, but like apparently he's talking. The police haven't given a whole lot away about it, but apparently he's talking. Because if he doesn't talk, he won't get his wish from his poem, which is like, I'll see you on TV. Like he 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 was waiting to be caught until like Netflix was invented. Because if this was like a day, you know, if this was like a a lifetime movie, or if it was on TLC channel or something, that would be acted really shitly. He's yeah, like, yeah. I want to be played by fucking Jake Gyllenhaal, and this is the crowd. Or, or like, I want uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey as me, and they just be like, all right, all right, you're getting raped tonight. Like he he wants a superstar. Yeah. To play him and he wants to be famous it's a power thing he wants people to know his his story it seems like from the very start he wanted that yeah i feel sorry for what actor might have to play him because you oh, know- dude are you joking fucking uh, uh what's your man's name super muscle sexy man from uh disney from the from the singy dancy school what's his name he's in neighbors with seth rogan super sexy oh does uh, efron super sexy muscle man Zac Efron is playing Ted Bundy in the Ted Bundy movie. Oh, that's an excellent choice. Fucking amazing. Yeah, that's a really good choice. Amazing. Jesus. Look, it's a fucking career maker. Well, no, I was going to say because he'll have to have a scene where he's like wearing a utility belt. Oh, yeah. No. And he's got a micro penis. Like, yeah. that's not, no actor wants to do it's not that. Gonna be, it's not going to be Wahlberg and Boogie Nights putting on extra stuff. It's like, we're going to have to give be you a fake small dick. The only actor that'll do that will be an actor who's already done a nude scene and has shown that they're really hung. So is there Yeah, any... like Jason Siegel in, in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. He shows he's like a fucking small pony. Right, so maybe he could play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the only type of actor that'd be comfortable doing this or to have a little ah, tiny prosthetic. I don't know, man. No, people, I'm sure like... People aren't, people aren't that obsessed with penis size anymore, are they? 
I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) I guess not. This is the crack. Right, well, that's that's the the Golden State Killer, everybody. Um, That's it for this time of those conspiracy guys. If anything in the show we got wrong, which could be a lot, I mean, we know there is super fans, so reach out, let a brother know. Mm -hmm. Um, You can reach out at info at... Don't reach out to me, I'm just a guest. It's not my fault. (laughs) Yeah, it used to be. Johnny repping the merch. Uh, oh, yeah. info at thoseconspiracyguys.com or on all the social medias uh, thanks very much to the people watching here live on YouTube uh, uh, patreon.com slash thoseconspiracyguys when this episode is released you will be able to go over to YouTube or BitChute and watch the, the live in-studio video version for the first time This uh, I've been doing this for the last maybe uh, 8 or 10 episodes so um, there's that option if you want to see us making faces and doing all that crack or you can listen on all your favourite podcast apps we're available everywhere including Spotify um, I would really appreciate it if you went into iTunes, even if you have an iTunes account or not, rob somebody's phone that has an iTunes uh, a podcast app and go into it and just leave a five star review if you really like the show. Or you can leave a written review. It's all good. But I want to see if I can uh, get a place on the iTunes charts. And, and do that for uh, disaster artists at the same time, please. <laughs> yeah, when you're That'd in there. That'd be really nice. Do for disaster artists. Um, apparently the charts on iTunes go by uh, ratings and reviews. They don't go by um download numbers on spotify i seem to be always in the top podcast on spotify Wait, and i'm pretty happy about that the itunes charts itunes charts go by ratings and reviews interactions at, and subscriptions they don't go by downloads, downloads at, at all. all no well that makes sense this is new information <laughs> to me but i'm trying to tell all those people just go in lash off a five star just go yeah two two little seconds is all it takes to do that and it means a lot to itunes uh and to the show so we'll be getting seen. We'll be up in those. Uh, we'll be up in those charts. Uh, we're already like top two hundred in the US charts, top one hundred in yeah, the UK and in Ireland. In so there. it's. I mean, for a little operation in a small room, I'm pretty happy about it. Um, by the time you listen to this, we'll be getting very close to getting ready to go on the road to uh, travel across America, if not already on the road. And you can support that by going to GoFundMe.com/tcgtv. I won't tell you all about it again. Hit that link. It's in the description below, in the YouTube or in the podcast app description. And go over there and read about what that shit is going to be. It's the next step. We're making a TV show. Making 12 feature length documentaries. They're going to be excellent. If you want to get a look at them early, hit the GoFundMe. If you want to get a look at a daily vlog earlier than anybody else, hit that GoFundMe.com slash TCGTV. I'm going to be making a, a, a 10 minute vlog of our adventures in America every day. I'm going to be doing loads of live streams. I'm going to be doing loads of Discord stuff. I'm going to be putting up pictures. I'm going to be making an, an Instagram that's exclusive to the people who donate to the GoFundMe. So Instagram.com slash TCGTV. Private Instagram. You only get on it if you donate or if you're a Patreon. Uh, and I'll be doing loads of little IGTV stuff in there. And loads of Instagram stories from the road. So if you want to see that shit. If you want to see me doing Instagram TV while I'm in Austin, Texas. Having the crack with Alex Jones. Finding out what it's like being kicked off YouTube. GoFundMe.com slash TCGTV. Uh, I'd like to thank Johnny. For joining me from Disaster Artist, Podcast.com. You find him on all the good podcasts. iTunes, apps, Spotify, everywhere. The whole shebang. And uh, I'm sure he'll be joining you pretty soon on a on an episode. Yeah, before I leave, I want to for, for have definite. a go on We here. need to uh, figure out what one. Yeah, for shizzle. I know you've had maybe. your eye. Uh, there's one one or two you've had your eye on. One. Yeah, maybe a Brave New World or something. Something r- right on point. Oh, that's not one. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking, because like, there's one you've been mentioning since like maybe the first time i jericho yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i might do a jericho i like an apocalypse um so yeah you can check out disaster just thanks for listening to this uh this is the golden state killer you're listening to those conspiracy guys my name is gordo i'm johnny and thanks very much for listening Have goodbye <laughs>